Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sports Night. My name is Jonathan Caleri, being joined by Damian Ritchie. Damian, it's been a couple weeks. We had some good more reactions to the last show we did, yeah. video and podcast. So we appreciate people watching. In the in neutral zone. Yeah. <laughs> Between the blue lines. All right. So there's a lot going on. There's Olympics. There's Red Sox. There's Patriots training Patriots camp. Training camp. Uh, where would you like to start? Do you want to start with Olympics? New England I know Revolution. You, okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. I saw right. them kick a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a big Olympics fan. Or I, you, you, know, you used to be a big Olympics you know, fan. You're I, not, maybe not as big. I, I'm a nod of my backyarder. I like when they do the Olympics in a different country. The Olympics should be in a strange and exotic place. Like Rio? Yeah, like Rio or Athens or Australia. So anywhere but Boston. Yeah, I don't want it. Like, like, though... It would have been cool to have beach volleyball in Quincy. Yeah. Girls beach volleyball in Quincy. <laughs> yeah, there was big controversy over that. People thought um, the women volleyball players had to wear bikinis. But yeah. They, but they don't. They don't. They, 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 they prefer to wear that because this is, they're more comfortable than that. Usually it's pretty damn hot out when they're playing yeah. outside. And, it's just, and they feel more comfortable with it. And they have tremendous athletic bodies and women like to show off <laughs> towards other women. Um, My wife yeah, the other day walked in the living room and she's like, she said, wow, watching beach volleyball again. Yeah. You know, then she complimented, like, on the abs of, like, the young ladies playing. Yeah. You know, and you could see the, the jealousy <laughs> in her eyes. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, they could wear long sleeve shirts and pants. Yeah. Or whatever. Basically, the, they, as long as they can see, like, their name and number, that's all the judges really care about. Yes, yeah, so. it's a tradition. They wear traditional beach <laughs> <laughs> volleyball clothes. I believe it dates back to the 1800s, correct? Did you, yeah. Did you <laughs> see the the, uh, the guy, the Italian guy? The Italian guy, no. Um, a beach volleyball player? Or? Yeah, the air ball, they, they call him. No. So he serves the ball by hitting it as far into the air, like up as possible. Oh, I missed that he one. He just like upper like cuts the ball and just sends it like he's like his team is ranked like third in the world. And they're thinking that more people are going to copy it because, like, it messes with people coming down. Like, he's gotten points on on serving, which never happens. You yeah, know? you don't see too many aces usually. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it, it'll start to knuckle or a little gust of wind will change the direction. Right. But it's more that the thing's coming down. They say from, like, 175 feet, you know. <laughs> Man, that's And it's, like, the bright sun. And, yeah, so it challenges people. I would, I would assume so. Yeah. Interesting. Plus, like, it would be... You're not used to a serve like that. No. And it's tough to then try to set it up as well. Yeah, because it's coming it with to, a lot of momentum. Yeah. yeah, to try to bump it to your, your teammate. Apparently, like, um, the French indoor men's volleyball team were practicing doing it that way, but they were hitting the, the oh, arena The lights roof. and yeah. whatever. Interesting. What Have you been watching? That's been kind of highlighted every night, you know, yeah. especially with um, uh, Kerry Walsh Jennings and I forget April Ross I think yeah. is the other um, teammate's name they've been highlighting them quite often so yeah, I've, I've seen them a little, quite a lot she's a ferocious athlete which one? Um, Walsh Jennings? yeah, or, or, yeah. but she's this is her fourth or she's trying to go for her fourth gold medal yeah um, 38 mother of three you gotta respect her was Misty she, May she, Trainer used to be her yeah is that right? yeah, yeah. Misty May Trainer and then she she retired opted to retire she's yeah. only like a year older than her but um so I've been I've been watching a lot of that just because it's been on at night. So I've yeah. seen a lot of that. Um, did you watch a lot of the swimming? The swimming's over now, but now it's getting more in track and field. But did you watch a lot of swimming? Yeah, that girl that broke the record, uh, Ledecky. Yeah, yeah. I I w- I've been saying this for like since they saw it. I've never seen anybody crush opponents as badly <laughs> as that. That uh, and that was- camera shot where they had like zoom in 
and then turn around. They were they were <laughs> like first of all, as it was zooming in, she was going up and another girl was coming down. Right. And then but a, a lot of the rest of the pack as they as the camera spun around, they were like doing the flip against the wall. She's like three quarters of the way. Because that was the 800 meter final, yeah. right? Yeah, she was done. And then the the funniest thing, not wide shot they always take when um, to see who finishes first, second, third. You know, it came up with her and said Ladecki, and then he was waiting and waiting and waiting for second and third yeah. to then come up. And I forget what the final d- distance between first and second was. But imagine if like the first person that got there then had to turn around. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I mean, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I heard some people, t- uh, one of the commentators talking about uh, during the men's 1500 meter final. Uh, he was saying, you know. Uh, Ledecky, Katie Ledecky could be doing this right now, but they don't have it in the Olympics. And I think it's, you know, kind of a stupid, you know, woman can't swim that far type of thing, even though they, they have that 1500 meter competition, just not in the Olympics. Yeah. So he didn't understand why they didn't have it there, but he's like, she would dominate that 1500 as well. Yeah. Um, and I know yesterday I was watching the open water swim. They called it the swimming marathon. It was a six mile swim. Uh, in open water, they were saying that she, they were thinking she would be good for this as well. And I guess they interviewed her about it at some point, and she said that she might like to do that at some point, but she's still young enough where she can do the shorter long distances. Now, now where did they do the open water swim? Because So it wasn't in Copacabana Beach. Yeah, uh, uh, it was yeah. in another lagoon area. It was close but further far enough away because, that it wasn't like completely polluted. Because that Dutch player that fell in in the rowing like had to get her, like got medvaxed back to like – Oh, to the Netherlands? Or? Yeah, to the Netherlands and got, like, her stomach bumped. Oh, man. Like, she, like, she, like, the next day she had, like, a fever and was, like, throwing up. And Yeah, no, I know Um, it was – they said this water quality was, was clean. Now, I, I don't know what clean is considered. You know, beach clean or – Well, like, th- th- that's, like, spotless clear water compared to Copacabana Beach. Yeah. Um, as much as I love Wollaston Beach, the water quality there isn't always – a hundred percent perfect. It's, it's but it's better than Rio. Oh, it is a hundred percent better than Rio. That, that is for sure. One hundred percent. Deer Island across the harbor. Well, there. I think even if if you look at like how bad it was in like the eighties, yeah. I think that's still cleaner than it was is in Rio right yeah. now. Or maybe it's it's equal. I, I don't know because they don't have a Deer Island. They just have a pipe, and then it that's <laughs> yeah, it. it just, just goes out to <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me, but yeah. So it was. It's been interesting. But, yeah, so it was kind of interesting seeing the open water swim. Yeah. Um, track and field. Did you watch Usain Bolt win? I did. And he like is he ridiculous. He, well, I, I really want to know how fast will he run if he tried. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Like, he, at the 100-meter final, it looked like he let up just the tiniest little bit at the end. He still. did. He looked, and they have that shot of him, like, looking at the cameraman <laughs> and, like, and smiling. smiling. Yeah. Like, I almost thought that was a fake picture. It's uh, ridiculous, yeah. But he is so ridiculously fast and like Justin Gatling he was running you could see he's trying yeah. 100% running through the, the tape and Bolt is like oh, I'm going to take the first 10-15 meters off and all of a sudden he just goes Poof. well no but Bolt is like that Bolt starts slow and then, yeah. and then his because he's 6'5 he traditionally isn't built like a sprinter yeah he's a little you bit know? tall he's tall he's than taller everybody than else yeah, yeah. Than most sprinters most sprinters have like cornerback builds they're like or, you know between five nine and six feet or something like yeah, that. Like yeah, they're like kind of like stocky, got like more bulk muscle and like explode right. out. Um, he he almost is like a distance runner build, but it, man, once it, he gets going, it, it's ridiculous that that middle third of the race he just explodes through everybody, and it's just yeah. If yeah. if he just decides, all right, I'm going to run completely straight out, and I know he's he's done that before, and we, we just don't. We basically see him run once oh, oh, a year or yeah. twice a year. The semifinals and the finals of the Olympics, and that's it. Oh, uh, or every four years. Four years yeah, four yeah. years. Excuse I'm sure, me. like, in the World Champions, maybe he, like, you know, yeah, leaned I mean, forward. and who, who knows? But 
the amount of times that we see him run, it's just like he's he's just gliding out there, and yeah. he's he, yeah, it looks like he's effortlessly running, and he's still blowing past people, and uh, it, it's just ridiculous how fast he is. So. Yeah, so is. that's been kind of interesting to watch. I um, liked I like seeing. Um, like Bill Bill Moore retweeted, they should have just an average person doing e- each event for comparison. Um, but so it, you and I running the 100 meter next to same Bolt? Yeah, but like it, it would be funny to like. It's funny when you see like, did you see like the fat Ethiopian guy that was a swimmer? No, he was like the only guy like he represented his country, mm-hmm. and like he was like totally out of shape. Like um, they like called him Dad Bod. Like was he doing like the really long race, like the fifteen hundred meter or something like that too? <laughs> to make no, it no, oh, okay, no. Okay. It was like the shortest one. Okay, so well that, that's swimming. good then. And, uh, and, he, and like he came in like way late. Like, <laughs> like the other people were lining up, and he like pulled, like and he like pulled in. Um, and then like today, I was watching like the eight hundred meters, and um, there was like one dude got like lapped mm-hmm. by everybody. Um, and at that point, like I don't know. Like I, during it, I saw one guy like like look like me running down first base. All of a sudden, like he stood straight up and grabbed his his right leg and like <laughs> hopped off the track real fast. I'm like, oh, I know what, what you, yeah, I, I, know, I, I know what that is, brother. <laughs> yep. And um, but like this guy was just running and he just was like chugging, trying to like he just looked like winded, like he was trying to keep pace and they just. So I'm like, how did you get here? Like, high school kids probably would have done better than you. So can any country just say, okay, um, Damien Ritchie, you know, you, you live in some random country, Swaziland, yeah. and no one is interested in running the 100 meters. It, it's you. You know, or do you still have to qualify with an Olympic time? So I think it depends on how – from my understanding, I think it depends on how many people, um, like, register to, to go. Okay. Like, so if, like – the deadline is, oh, how many people want to run the 100? Like, oh, a 1,000. Okay, well, we're going to do preliminary local um, you right. know, races to, to kind of wean this out. Um, and I assume they tell the United States you can only submit. Every country can have like three. Is it up something. three? Okay, all right. But you know what stinks, which I think is a total, total ripoff? If America has three sprinters in the 100 for the final, okay, and they come in one, two, three – but Usain Bolt comes in fourth. He gets the Bolt gets the uh, bronze because you only can have your country can only allow uh, you only can get two two medals. It, it happened. It happened with the with the girls' gymnastics. They finished one, two, three, but then a, um, a different country got got the bronze because of that. That's like an Olympic rule. You can't like. When did that happen? I don't know. Apparently, you can't sweep the podium. I feel like I've seen Americans sweep the podium before. I've definitely seen one and two. I are you talking yeah. about like four years ago when Allie Reisman lost a tiebreaker? In the I think it was in the all around. She she finished tied for third, but on one of the tiebreakers she she lost. That was four years ago. But this was this yeah. Olympics. Yeah, they said recently for like one one of the events, like like for like the balance beam or or one of like the. Specific- oh, I missed that. I thought you could sweep an event. No, they said they 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 were saying that you can only have two representatives from a country. Uh, on the podium, and obviously you're going to keep the gold and silver. You know, interesting. Um, like, no, 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 you take the gold fourth <laughs> place. <laughs> I, I was unaware of that. I'm surprised. Yeah, that, that's a rule. I thought it's like it's the three best people, no matter where you're from, and that should be, and that's the time or how much you lifted or whatever the the thing is, the qualification yeah. for for winning. Well, maybe it, every country should just send one person or something. Then maybe, yeah. 
But uh, and then it was weird. I saw like a twenty-eight-year-old in gymnastics. I'm like, what are you doing here? Are you a coach? Uh, yeah, it's the, kind of. She was the only person from Romania. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Romania used to be a big gymnastics Nadia place. Kovic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. I'm surprised. Yeah, and like she just did balance beam and slipped. <laughs> oh, and that was that. And yeah, they're gonna have, boo, boo her in her home country. Have you seen any of the diving events and how many bad dives there have been? They, they say because it's too windy. People have really fallen. okay. You, you know when they hang like they stand just on their toes, like with their back when they do a certain dive. Yeah, like I was, it was like a blooper reel. People are, like wobbling and are falling. Interesting. And they're saying it's like it's it's like because it's an open air stadium. Probably because they didn't finish building it. They're like, yeah, it is an open air stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have all those support beams sticking out? But I, mean, I, I, not that I've seen a ton of diving ever before. Yeah. But I mean, usually I see a little bit, and you used to see a lot more. When they were like big American divers, were like you know the, yeah. the guaranteed gold or favorite for the gold, but you know I was watching it this afternoon, and one of the Russians who was favored to be a, a medal contender just did a terrible dive, and he, he he ran up, did the jump, and his form was terrible, and he just landed like like sideways. a, like a C yeah. into the the thing, but he, you could even see he like jumped sideways, and they didn't say anything specifically about the the wind in this one, uh, but it was the springboard, and it's like. He, it looked like he landed like a C. Like his his arms and legs were still together. He was just coming out of his tuck, and he just yeah. went into the water like that. So they were they were saying that um that um what was I going to say that the like a lot of countries wanted like a redive, and because of the wind, they weren't mm-hmm. allowing it. But the track and field officials allowed a re race because yesterday there was like downpour, and there was like tons of people like slipped. Uh-huh. So they took all the people who who. Uh, came in last, like who, who like didn't make like that that qualifying time. And they had like two more runs of just them to see, and like and like the top four of that w- were were able to like move on. Interesting, because like half of them slipped like hmm. on the track. I know um, the men's beach volleyball. I was watching yesterday, and they were playing Brazil. And just before the match started, it started to get really windy in the stadium. Yeah. And they were talking about how one side, there was, you know, like 20 more points were scored on one side compared to the other. And that was with the wind or however they were saying it. And um, um, I forget the the American that um, has been around for a while for the uh, beach, men's beach volleyball. Yeah, but the older guy. Yeah, he was yeah, saying. it's like winter down there, right? It is, even though it's still really hot down there, yeah. too. But, um. So it gets uh, darker earlier, though. That that was the one big thing. Like they were signing off coverage uh, this afternoon for, at five o'clock, and Al Michaels was like in the dark. I'm like, why is it so dark? I'm like, oh, okay, it's winter. That makes sense yeah. because you know, obviously, sunsets earlier. But so they were saying, you know, beach volleyball, and the men's team was saying that we didn't take advantage of the win, and the Brazilians didn't. That's one of the different reasons that they they were able to win the match. And they're also it, throwing sand in the American eyes. <laughs> yes, I yes. Noticed. You should have seen the line. It was the first match of the session yesterday, and there's a huge line outside the stadium trying to get in. And I don't know what, if there was a certain delay or because everyone was getting there at the same time because the Brazil had the first match. But there's a huge line. And then, like, the first set, the stadium was, like, half empty. Uh, the second set, it was getting pretty full. And the third set, it was, it was, it was full. Um, and, you know, all the Bra- at that point, all the Brazilian fans were, were rocking the stadium to try to cheer on the, the team. Yeah. There, so, um, you know, one thing I, I usually see during the Olympics is that the, the home country will get a boost in medals. Yeah. I haven't seen that for from Brazil. Yeah, I mean, when was Brazil? What's, what are they a powerhouse in? No, I know. I mean, volleyball, yeah. I guess, is one of the – in soccer. And actually, the women's team got eliminated today. Yeah, by Sweden. By Sweden. I know Sweden is usually a fairly decent team. Actually, they eliminated the, this, this the, U.S. The states, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how the Brazilian men's uh, – the men's Brazilian soccer team is doing or not. Um, I know they were questionable – 
at some point during the Olympics too. But I don't it's know. also like it depends on who's playing. You yeah. know, like worldwide, like usually it's not the uh, the World Cup roster going. You know, it's usually like. Well, I feel like the World Cup is w- one, obviously for countrywide, and then the Olympics is number two. Yeah, but even a lot of guys are backing off the Olympics because I think mo- I think a professional soccer player definitely wants to play in the World Cup. That's, yeah, that's like TV time, like worldwide, and then after that, it's like. Like, the Euro Cup, yeah, the UEFA or like Copa America or whatever, yeah, yeah, like, like your local one, and then like sometimes you see like older guys like towards the end of their career like do the Olympics, um, like remember Roger Clemens like pitched like in the Olympics when he was like forty two or something because like he just wanted to and they let him. No, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, deny that it wouldn't have happened um, to him. Yeah, like he just wanted to like play for his like country and and uh, because he's such an American. But um, <laughs> I think that would be cool. But usually it's like, like it's like uh, for soccer. Usually it's like the under twenty one like studs for your country definitely are right. playing in the Olympics. Um, but yeah, interesting. So overall, have you been happy watching these Olympics? Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't care really. I don't really care. It's a it's like, I, I, I like it. watching America like win against, mm-hmm. against like cheating countries. Like, <laughs> yeah, because we're so squeaky clean all the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> we don't cheat. Um, you know, and it's, it's like I like seeing like like the uh, the pageantry of sports, if you will. So right now we have eighty three medals, yeah. and Great Britain and China are tied for second with forty eight. That's surprising. Like, now I know Russia has a lot of their team. Band, so that's part of the reason why they're probably not up there as well. Because usually they have a yeah. uh, have a higher count. Although I feel that we usually do much better in the summer Olympics than we do in the winter. We usually do well in the winter Olympics, but summer way I think we have. There's obviously there's more sports and there's more medals to to be earned. But we always I feel do. I think I think I think in winter Olympics it's it's more competition. Mm-hmm. Like whereas like so. In the Summer Olympics, you know, like, you can – I'm going to name you the countries that are going to medal in, like, sprinting. America, Jamaica, and then you have, like, a wild card. Mm-hmm. Like, but America and Jamaica are going to be there. It's like that, that's pretty much it. And, like, we're taking basketball. <laughs> like, Oh, Russia's fourth. Russia's fourth, by the way. They it's ours to lose. Like, we're usually pretty good in, like, in swimming. Australia is also pretty good in swimming. They've been down this year in swimming, actually. But, yeah, yeah but, yeah, they usually, but, they but go, usually, yeah. But, like, but now when you get into the Winter Olympics, it's, like, it's it's always a crapshoot. You never know. Like, yeah, we have good skiers, but, like, soda's, like, it could, like, it doesn't surprise you when they're, like, oh, and the downhill slalom, like, a guy. The like, Norwegian. A Norwegian one. Yeah. Like, you're like, what? That's crazy. Like, you know. Um, but that that makes sense to me, too, though, because... You know, in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland, they have lots of snow. So they yeah. used to play to be skiing all the time. They're growing up yeah. skiing all the time. Like, the, and there's some winter Olympic sports that we just can't even bother competing in, like like well, bobsled like, and like lo- like we we're just awful. Like that's just not. An well, even like thing. The, the biathlon. It's something that's not like a huge sport, but yeah. that's always like the Nordic countries that do very well in that sport. Yeah, because that's like their daily life. Yeah, it's just cross country skiing the entire time. And it's like cross country sh- skiing, right? And then like shooting an elk, right? <laughs> is that the biathlon? The, yeah, biathlon is the skiing, the cross country and shooting. Yeah. yeah, so it's like they're like, oh, let's go get some dinner, like because we're hungry. So these, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, the Winter Olympics. So I think 
I bet the Winter Olympics are more evenly distributed, except with the exception of probably Russia probably dominates it. Well, I know in the la- the Sochi Olympics, obviously Russia wanted to make sure that they were going to be the top medal getter because it was in their home backyard. Yeah. And does China have the next Winter Olympics? Because I know Beijing is getting the Winter Olympics. I don't know if it's coming up in two years or not. I don't know. Um, it. I, I, I shall. But I, th- I think they have um, the Winter Olympics coming up in Beijing because I know they, were, they, were, they got both. So, um, but also I think, yeah, I think that sounds right. But anyway, so. See, that's, why would you want the Olympics? Their stadium's already falling apart from the summer. Oh, the bird's nest? Yeah, I know. They they barely use it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like condemned. See, Um, I I think for countries like that, though, the Chinese were like, we want the Olympics, so we're going to do it at any, at any, any cost, whether it's money or kicking people out of their homes. Yeah, but what and we want to be we want to be seen as a, a world power and trying to take over stuff. So let, hypothetically speaking, let's say Boston does hope hosts the Summer Olympics. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now let's say. Now it's stadium time. Okay. Now, if the long term plan, let's say, would be. Turn like UMass Boston into like flip the UMasses with Amherst and Boston and turn Boston into like the D1 school. You know what I mean? And yeah. now you have the big football field here, or maybe the Patriots go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that's like part of your long term plan. So you have this big stadium that will then get like maybe downsized a little bit, but the like the core structure can still stay there. It's not a waste. And then you flip it into like you know your your football stadium or or something like that or or yeah you know so like or begin to host more track and field events <laughs> I don't know so I, yeah I just like I they they have this big stadium and then you didn't use it anymore you know right you know why because they don't have football there that's the problem 2018 Winter Olympics are going to be in Pyeongchang South Korea oh, okay. So I wonder if then if 2022 is in – 2022 is Beijing. So, okay, what's the over-under of uh, nuclear threats from the north? Uh, <laughs> to many. The I, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting, many. Yeah. And I, actually, I, I bet North Korea is going to try to send as many athletes as they can across the border to say, you know, look how good we are in, in the Winter Olympics and dominating the south and yeah. things like that. So well, I saw an update on their news. They 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 have won all the gold medals. Oh, so far China has all the silver and Russia has all the bronze <laughs> for every event. <laughs> oh God, it, I wonder like how, how true that is. You know, it's so tough to know exactly what's being said in that country. Well, no, the, like have you seen like undercover documentaries and stuff? Yeah, but I mean. I find it hard to believe that, that the citizens, that yeah, yeah and, then the, and that the citizens of North Korea would actually believe that every single gold medal was won by North Korea, and yeah. every single silver medal was won by well, China. You better believe it. No, I, I know, <laughs> and, and maybe it is true like that, yeah. and it, it's complete. You know, I know everything's mind washing there, and there's no outside. When if you're living there, there's nothing outside unless yeah. they want you to see what's going on the outside. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's just mind boggling to believe that that's. All that's being yeah. fed to everybody, but or nothing's being fed to them actually because they don't get food. But what's what they're being <laughs> they seen? Get methamphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> and like they, like a, a scoop of rice per day or something yeah, like that. But if they're lucky, yeah. Well, anyway, I, I've I, I think I tend to agree with you. I'm kind of happy that the Olympics aren't coming to Boston. Yeah. Um, I, initially, I was kind of I was on the fence. I thought it would have been interesting, but I wanted to make sure that we weren't going to get completely screwed. So if by Quincy, coming here, if yeah, if Quincy did host beach volleyball. 
which I think is a cool sport. I, I think volleyball is a cool sport, period. And I'm glad that like boy, men's volleyball is starting to grow in high school. I I would have wanted to go to an event if it yeah. came to Boston. Now, if I was dead set against it. I would have posted a girls volleyball foreign <laughs> team in my house like a good American host. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> you have a couple of bedrooms you can rent out, right? Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, I was on I was on the fence about the Olympics in the Boston. I yeah. I thought it'd be interesting, but I didn't want you know I didn't want to have these white dwarf stadiums. I also kind of think that's stupid. To all right, we're going to spend twenty five million dollars on a stadium to build it, and then five million to tear it down. That just didn't make yeah. sense to me. Uh, that's why the like modular said, stadiums. Like, like you better have a a plan with that stadium. Right, like right. Flip UMass Boston into Amherst, and, and just yeah, some of the different things now. Some of the things might have been pie in the sky, but, you know, they'll say, oh, well, we can use this as an opportunity to, to fix the T and the different infrastructure issues that we have. I think that's a good thing, but whether it actually was going to happen or not, you know, who yeah. knows? And how much it was going to cost is another thing. The IOC is one of the most corrupt organizations in the entire world. It and, is the most corrupt. Well, because well, now FIFA is not as yeah. bad. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I mean, look, you look at those two organizations, it's, they're terrible. So, yeah, so it's just, you know, they're trying to get every single dollar out of people. So... Uh, yeah, it would have been tough. They would have been have a real, real watchdog to make hey, sure we did, weren't going to get hurt. Did you but. see like Australia? Um, Australia was like set to host another Olympic, and um, they had to tell the IOC that they can't do it anymore. Did the people vote to pull out of it? Of, yeah, the people it was like this newspapers and the news was like they like somebody wickedly the IOC demands. Oh, really? People like, oh, no, no, no. Well, like, and one of the things they were talking about here was having dedicated highway lanes just for IOC people. Yeah. And that, to me, is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're going to take up one lane on 93 to go from Quincy to Boston, say, yeah. and no one can use that for the, that two weeks. Yeah. That, that's outrageous. Yeah. And all the security things would have been pretty tough, too. And a lot of the people say, oh, the traffic would have been terrible. And, oh, there's too many people coming here. That didn't bother me as much, you know. I think you can get you can work around that, and you know what? It's a lot of people. We're used to a lot of people in traffic anyway. Yeah, now, obviously, it would have been more. Well, remember, but I mean, remember the when we had the DNC. I was living yeah. north of of uh, Boston at the time in Medford, and they uh, the next town up in Stoneham, like the Stoneham and like Winchester line, they stopped ninety three there. That was like you had to get if you were going a ninety three right. coming south. You had to get off. Right, because you couldn't go past the garden on 93. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, like, literally, they shut down the highway. So, yeah, we could have probably lived with a lane. But it's just, like, the demands, it was just, like, ridiculous. They make, like, these, like, pompous rock stars look, like, humble. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. So, I don't know. It's, I, I think the thing I tend to agree that I'm glad that this didn't come in the long run. So Now, what about your thoughts on... People saying that the Olympics should just be held in like two or three cities and just rotate between them each year. Like, like people say, Los Angeles has the infrastructure already built. They yeah. don't really need to do a lot of different things for it, so it doesn't cost the city a ton of money. It would be more like you know security money and other yeah. different personnel, but they don't have to spend a lot of money on building infrastructure. Like, you know, Rio had to build all these different facilities for it, whereas LA. They have, or they already have like four stadiums for different things. They yeah. have swimming venues. They have all these other different things. Yeah, then yeah. I don't. So. I mean, I don't mind that. Or do it in Vegas. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing will get corrupt. Like, we, like you think the IOC is corrupt? We have to deal with Vegas. <laughs> be interesting. How did we get ripped off? <laughs> wind sailing instead of regular sailing, or, yeah. this, or sand sailing, whatever yeah. it would be. So, well, it's just, yeah. I, I think it's been interesting. I, I, I like watching the events. So, yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed it. 
So it's weird that these happen. Like people like care more about like the world championships and stuff. You, I mean, you, yeah, we realize like the Olympics are a brand. Right. You know, it's like a sneaker brand. It's like they want to say like this is the the premier sporting event, and they did a great job selling it that right. way. I mean, there's like world championships and and local like North American like track and field like, but nobody cares. Well, you talk about like you Olympics. know bringing the brand. When I was in Vancouver for the Winter Olympics, there was a place that was like you know Olympic Pizza, and they had a close up the well they could have been close up but they had to cover up the olympic pizza and they had to rename themselves for that two weeks that the olympics were there because they weren't trademarked to have the thing to be olympic and they could they had to cross up like you know the rings that they had or whatever it was so they were like you know I forget what pizza oh, I thought, pizza or something I thought it like was that. Like Olympic, like because I've seen plenty of Olympic pizzas because they're Greek, you know. Well, yeah, but so, like, but if say in you know in in Somerville there was an, there's an Olympic pizza, yeah. and the Olympics came to Boston, that place wouldn't be able to be Olympic pizza for those two weeks because yeah. they probably didn't get the official trademark uh, okay from the actual IOC to do that. So um, those corrupt jerks. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so. I thought that was, that was an interesting thing as well. So a lot of the businesses like that had a um, had a shut down like that. So, but yeah. So anyway, now you're playing Pokemon Go. I and am. for those that were watching our last show, we were talking about Pokemon Go. Well, what's your review on it now? You said you're you're enjoying it. So, so my neighbor told me that it was that basically um, Nintendo bought the platform from a previous game. And he told yep. me the game, and I downloaded it, and I looked at it. I'm, I'm always looking for something on my phone to kill time. Anything except, you know, you're dealing with, like, a two- and a four-year-old. They don't have anything interesting to say. Um, so you want to, like, just, like, go, uh-huh, yeah, and, like, play on your phone. So um, that being said, you know, I'm always looking for little time wasters to download. So I tried that other game that he mentioned, and it was, like, way too complicated. But it was yeah. the platform was very comparable to Pokemon with the exception of there's no, like, things that you, that just randomly pop up and you catch. Yep. Now, I I missed Pokemon growing up. Yep. Like, that came, like, I think we were, like, in high school or something when that came out. Yeah, something like that. Sounds yeah. Like um, I knew of it because it was so p- crazy popular right. at the time. Um, but... You know, I don't know. It's like it's like I know this is this is a stupid thing that's not going to amount to anything. <laughs> uh, I think it would be better if like you'd play it and I play it and we could like fight our animals against each other. Yeah, but you can't do that. Okay. Um, you just got to go around searching for a different Pokemon. You have to go and... to like gyms to fight. Yeah, and supposedly like there's like robots there that like the company made that like are really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Um. And then as you're walking around, you might see other different Pokemon that you can capture. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah. And you, if you go, like, to – usually if you go to more popular places, I guess, there's, like, more popular Pokemon, like a rarer Pokemon. Yeah. But for the most part, you get either a rat or a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems to be the most common now, occurrence. Now, have you done it just in Quincy or anywhere you've been going around or – um. Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm walking around somewhere, I'll, like, you know. You'll pop it open and yeah, see. Yeah, I'll pop it open and see if there's anything cool. And then, like, if I catch something, I'll give it to, like, the girls. and like, oh, catch it, you know. They like this one called Jigglypuff. They think it's cute. <laughs> um, you know, like, we went down to Nut Island, yep. like, last week just to, like, you know, walk around there after dinner. And yeah. 
there was a lot, and, and there was tons of people running around there, but there was like a ton out there. So anybody in Quincy, that FYI, Nut Island's a good place. Go to Nut Island, there's all these like sea ones out there. It's nice places to walk around anyway. Yeah. Well, we we have them on there like bikes with training wheels. Oh, that's a good place for that, yeah. So you can casually walk while a toddler while they is fall, yeah. like, <laughs> moving a half a mile. I think it's like a uh, quarter of a mile or three-tenths of a mile around if you do like that loop. The loop, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not a big park. No, no, not at all. But good for elderly. A lot of people fishing down there. Um, yeah, there. there was a good amount. I, yeah. I was speaking, I was talking to a guy who was fly fishing. Interesting. And I was very interested because, like, what now? I'm like, what are you fly fishing for? Because those reels aren't. They're very weak, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, striped bass. I'm like, how are you going to reel that in? And he's like, no, no, no. You, you'd be surprised. I can handle it on this. Like, um, obviously, he didn't catch any, but. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I can't imagine somebody catching a striped bass on, on a fly reel. That would be really hard. Do you prefer land fishing or boat fishing? Um, I prefer, okay, so when it comes to freshwater, either one, I don't mind. Yeah. A lot of freshwater fish you can catch near shore because it, like on certain times because they go in for the shade. Yep. So, and small, smaller fish live around there, so they come in to eat anyway. Yep. So, you know, but I can go on a little fishing boat in freshwater. That's fine. I don't like ocean fishing for a couple reasons. Like the choppiness gets me sick. Okay. Um, I swim like a brick. So like, just the idea, like most, I mean, most ponds, if you fall in, you can just walk back to shore. Right. Like, um, but yeah, that's not the case in the ocean. No, usually not. You know, so that's like always in the back of my head. So. I forget who I was talking to about, about going fishing and I just really have no desire to go fishing. And I I think part of it is I don't really have a desire to go out on a boat really either. Yeah. So, like, I, just, I think part of it is, I think I would, I think I'd be okay fishing from land, but going out onto the boat, I feel like if I was sitting on the boat for like four or five hours, I'd be bored out of my mind. Well, it's like people drink. No, I you know, know, and you but, food and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I just think I, I feel like I would, you know, I don't know anyone that has a huge, huge boat. Yeah. So even if there was say. Six to eight people on the boat. It's not a very big area. So even if you wanted to try to walk around, you gotta go. All right, I did my five f- steps, and now I'm. You well, know. yeah. So here's a scenario. So 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 you don't have this fishing desire, but like, you know, imagine let's say Rick's place in Maine. It's like a bunch of us. Um, we got like a grill going. This chairs. See, like from you know from his little patio area you could sit there you could walk out 10 feet and go to the water's edge and, and start and fishing that yeah. i'd probably be okay because and we can yeah and you have this conversation while we and that's what makes fishing that i i could probably do like, with. like an enjoyable the, pastime but then i feel like if i was on a boat yeah then i'm just i'm stuck there yeah exactly and i just yeah that getting, just doesn't seem to interest me either taking dramamine or or getting like seasick see i don't i don't know if i get seasick have like, you been on a boat that's stopped in, in in water, it's been a long time. I, I've been on a whale watching trip, but it's I, honestly it's probably been close to twenty years. Those boats are pretty watching. big. Well, like that's the other thing too. Yeah. They're big, so I haven't been on a small boat that holds a total of four or five people on yeah. water. You're going to get sick. Yeah. So I, so I don't I don't know if I've ever been on a boat like that in the middle of big water. I've been on a boat like a Boston whaler yeah. that has been out like maybe I I could Whaling. still. 
<laughs> I could I could see I could have swam to shore if I needed to because yeah. the shore was you know two hundred yards so it wasn't yeah. that big of a thing but I haven't been out like you know a mile two miles three miles from yeah from land that just to me yeah I don't yeah know. I'm not a big sea guy I guess yeah yeah I don't even want to do like I have no desire to do a cruise either. I'm 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 on the same boat. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Partly because like, um, did ever hear like you know the things like what never to get on an airplane? Yeah, like you never ask like if you ever get like you never get like coffee or tea in an airplane because mm-hmm. of the recycled water. Yeah, um, so like that's the same thing on like boats. It's like unless you're getting a bottle of water that's like you know enclosed like a Nestle bottle of water, which yeah. costs like seventy three dollars, I guess, on a boat. Um, yeah, like it's it's like so. What do you do on a cruise? Like you eat and like go to like a crappy comedy show. Well, and, and now, I, I know a lot of viewers out there like love going and they go like every year and that's oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. I just I'm just above you. I don't <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> and I know when you go on a cruise, it's a mini city like ten thousand people yeah. that are out there, and I understand. It. So it's not like you're going out on the Boston Whale and or something like, like that. You but you go to some developing nation, and they're not going to take you. They're not going to show you the reality of it. You know, I, like when I went to I went to Jamaica once for a wedding, and we didn't stay because like it was like the wedding wasn't like you know like oh we're going to like a resort, um, like we we went to a town like right. where the wedding would be, and it wasn't a bad town by any means, and there was a resort not too far from it, and we like rented a house and stayed there. But one day I was bored and just asked the guy that owned the house like you know if I throw you twenty bucks, you know, can you just drive me around the island and show me stuff. And I saw like legitimate shanty towns, right? You know, and I'm like, oh yeah, like like that's what also is here. Right? They never take you to any place like that on the cruise. See, I feel like when, when I go to a place, I like to go and explore, drive around. Exactly. So, I me mean, if like when I was in Hawaii, we went to um, Maui. We were able to take the rental car, and one day we went like north, one day we went south, one day we went this, you know, we went all yeah. around the island different days that we were there, doing different things at night, we were like, oh, let's just drive here and see what was going on, walked around the areas no, obviously it's, it's Maui so it's a little bit different, but it was awesome just to drive around yeah. and do that, when I went to like Chicago or San Francisco, I, I like to explore around, drive around a little bit. And I know, like, all right, I'm not going to go to certain areas in different cities because, you know, yeah. the, the, it's going to be dangerous there, especially for a tourist that doesn't know what's, what they're doing. But I like to like, walk around and see different things like that. No, I agree, yeah. All right, when I go into a cruise ship, all right, I know there's certain destinations I can go to, but if I'm just going to go explore around, I'm going to be walking you're up going and down to- – Rooms. You're going. You're going to a boat, but then they dock, and then you go to basically a gift shop of a town, right? right. And they tell you like, don't go past this place. And some of, supposedly some of these towns are even completely fenced off. Um, it, but it's it's like a gift shop. It's like they know that the boats are coming, right? Um, like it's like it's like a you know, it's been worked out from the like the boat company with these little towns, like. And I think it, and if I was going to go to the Bahamas, I would just want to fly to the Bahamas and be there. Like, I, I wouldn't want to fly to South Carolina, take a boat two days to the Bahamas, stay in the Bahamas, and take another boat two days. I'd rather just fly from Boston to the Bahamas, stay there for the week, and then fly home. And then that way I don't have to worry about the different stuff. The, the cruising element of it just doesn't do anything for me. I, I'd rather 
cruise to Bermuda or uh, fly to Bermuda and be there. No, like, yeah, fly I, to Jamaica and be there, and then yeah. you know, then come home afterwards. The, the only cool thing I saw, and it was seventeen grand. Um, Iceland does a cruise from Iceland to uh, PEI. Okay, and it it goes into the Arctic Circle. Interesting. And so, like the cruise ship, and it's not a massive one. So it's like a little more intimate. So yeah, you could like see like I don't know, like beluga whales and walruses and stuff. Right. And like, and so you know, and that's like a different environment. Um, so that's something I probably would do. And it was only like five days, but see, like or seventeen like, grand, I don't really have. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. I'll write you a check. Um, I, I know people that have gone like Alaskan cruises. Yeah. Now, that's something a little bit more different for me as well. Yeah. Not that I think I'd want to go on an Alaskan cruise, but who knows? I think it just, yeah. I think going north on a cruise is more interesting to me than going south on a cruise. Um, yeah, no, say, I agree. Now, yeah. I know people that like, Iceland is very interesting because if you fly to Europe, you can like stop in Iceland for free and they'll like take care of your airfare. So, especially if you fly Icelandic air, you can stop in Reyk- Reykjavik for a couple of days and it's yeah. almost like a free stop. And then they go, okay, all right, now you're on your way to London or to Paris or yeah. wherever you're going. So, so that would be it's, it's a cheap flight there. It's also a cheap connecting flight. Yeah, so I mean, like, like why not? Anybody, anybody looking for flights to Europe, you can stop, look, get a cheap flight to, to Iceland, and then look up flights from Iceland to, you know, wherever you want to go in Europe. Yeah, and again, they basically pay for your layover because they want yeah. you to come there because it's such a flyover country. But it's like an, an amazing country. They're trying, they're trying to diversify their gene pool for all you single fellows out there, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But I mean, um, you know, you know, Iceland and Greenland should be named the opposite way. Yeah. I mean, Iceland's an awesome place to go. All the different tours that they have there, you can see, you know, the volcanoes the, and the Northern Lights and all kinds of things, and obviously there's a lot of snow and ice too. But pickled fish. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Good Scandinavian food like that, yeah. right? So, all right. Anything else? No, I know there's a lot of things we want to talk about. Do you want to talk about Gronk, possible injury? I heard, the, I, the heard Patriots? The, I heard they're saying it's not that big of a deal. So, I, I heard about that, and instantly I thought, oh, no, here we go. And But, yeah, it appears not to be that big of a thing because not much has come out of it. So it seems Even like it with Edelman, like, too. Remember, like, Edelman made a cut and then, like, had to, like, be carried off the field, and now they're saying that it's... That's yeah, not much of anything. I just like you know, you know the ninety eight five was talking about this the other day. How would you want Garoppolo to approach this? These four games is this his team? Should he should he have that attitude of like, screw Tom, like I'm taking his job? Well, that's they, really the only way. Like, I mean, how can you go out there and compete and just be like trying to like tread water? Like, I, I think you have to go out there thinking, all right, this this is my I'm job. Ta- I'm taking this from you. Yeah, you kind of have to think like that because you want the team to believe in you as well. Yeah. I mean, all right, everyone knows he's coming back in, in game five. But I have to go out there and go, all right, Edelman, shut up. Listen to me. I'm the quarterback of this team right now, and I'm telling you, you know, run X. If, and there'd be obviously a gray area there with yeah. that. It wouldn't be as directive. But at some point, still, the quarterback has to take charge because the quarterback is the leader of the team. Yeah. Whether you're Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, or, you know, somebody else. Yeah. You know, you're the leader of the team, and you're calling the plays out there. So you're supposed to know what everyone else is supposed to be doing the entire time. So, I mean, if, if Edelman does run the wrong route, Garoppolo has to be there and say, hey, you were supposed to run a post, and you didn't. Yeah. Or you were supposed to go up 10 yards and cut, and you ran 15, and you screwed me over. Yeah. So, you know, different things like that. And what if he goes, 
Watch what you, watch your mouth, young man. Do you know who you're talking to? And then, then yeah, then the quarterback <laughs> still has to come back and say, well, you know what? Ten is not fifteen, or yeah. you know, ten is not seven. I'm not throwing to you the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you still have to take charge, even though he's a. Yeah. And the other thing too is he's not a rookie, so he's been with no, the team. He's not. This is his third year with the team now. So I mean, he's only played you know a handful of snaps and thrown the ball a handful of times, but. He knows these guys, and in theory, he knows the playbook because he's been here now three years. Now, here's a question. It's the end of week four, and Garoppolo has nine touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 125 quarterback rating. No. Brady's coming back to play. Nine touchdowns. Because Brady's not injured. And no interceptions and a 125 quarterback rating. Perfect trade bait. You're not you're not going to not start Tom Brady. Did you see when someone asked uh, Belichick about that question? Uh, the question no. someone asked him, you know, um, is Tom Brady going to be the starting quarterback when in Game Five? And Belichick just looked at the guy, and the, I, I forget the reporter said something else, and he's went, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked for the next question, and it was it was funny, but it was just like. Brady is going to be starting the the starting quarterback no matter what. Yeah, you know, he's yeah he's going to be a starting quarterback. Nine touchdowns, one twenty five quarterback rating. <laughs> That's Brady comes back. People said that when, with Bledsoe. People said that with Bledsoe. But Bledsoe was not the best quarterback of all time. No, Bledsoe also was not thirty nine years old. When no, I know, happened. but like, all right. If you were to say right now, would you take Bledsoe of two thousand one or Tom Brady twenty sixteen? If you had to, if you had to play someone, oh yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I would still take Tom Brady yeah, twenty sixteen. No, I get, I get what you're saying. I'm just, and I, I was a huge Bledsoe fan, and I still think. I don't want to say he got a raw deal because I mean, obviously, it was the right decision. Money wise, yeah, it was it was. I mean, even if they were equal. Why should I continue to pay this dude like fifteen million right, when right. I can just get his like I was, a million? I was I was happy for Bledsoe that he was at least a part of them when they beat Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship yeah. game to get them to the Super Bowl. And I know there was a lot of talk back then about, oh man, is it going to be Brady or Bledsoe now signing the Super Bowl? But I mean, so I, I was a big Bledsoe fan. But as of right now, you you still have to take Tom Brady today compared to Bledsoe back in two thousand one. Yeah. No, Brady's going to go down as a top three quarterback ever, you know? Yeah. There's going to be ever arguments and stuff like that. But um, speaking of football, so Al Jazeera had that oh, yep. report with five players that have used PEDs. In fact, they had, like, what, like, photographic evidence of PEDs being shipped to Manning's house but to his wife's name and from the same place to four other NFL players. Those four players are apparently like the investigation like is starting and or or they're not even investigating like because Goodell has absolute power. So rumor has it that those guys are going to be suspended. So it's James Harrison, Clay Matthews, um, Julius Peppers, and I forget the fourth guy. Yeah, it's um, well-known names. Um, so that being said, how come the NFL said that these guys have dirty hands, but that Peyton? Is clean. Well, I, I guess right now they're saying they can't really touch Peyton Manning, though. Now, 
they can't do anything. They have no repercussions to Peyton Manning. He's no longer an NFL player. He's done. True. Well, what can I you guess, do? I guess, I guess it is. Clay Matthews, they can say, all right, well, we're going to take away your paycheck for four okay, games. Okay, okay, ready? So if that was the case, if that was the case, all right, if Peyton Manning, uh, you know, he's done. If Tom Brady retired after we won the Super Bowl, do we, do we get those draft picks back? or No, because uh, Kraft forfeited them. No, I know, I know that he, I know, but if if Kraft was, but either way, the punishment involved draft picks and stuff like that. No, no, you know? I, I think part of it's there. They were punishing the Patriots and Brady. And Tom, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just they're not going to be punishing the, the Green Bay Packers because Clay Matthews possibly used PEDs. Yeah, but I think, I think now, and I maybe I'm wrong, but if. These four players say, no, we gave you our statements. We don't need to sit down for an in-person interview. We didn't do anything wrong. The guy that said, yes, these players use PEDs has retracted his statements as far as I know. Yeah. Why should we come down and sit down with you? Well, good girls could say, all right, fine. I'm going to suspend you indefinitely until you sit that, down. And that's what they, they, they If the players don't wake up now and say, man, we're getting the raw end of the deal here. And I know, I know most of the players said that. They supported Tom Brady because he was trying to fight the Goodell type yeah. system, but they were like, you know, whatever, you've gotten enough, and you know, you're a cheater. Well, now all these other players have to wake up and say, Goodell is going to come after us. We could say, no, I'm going to make sure my shoelaces are pink and not white. And all right, well, you're suspended for well, five games because it's detrimental to the league. If if Goodell if Goodell's job is is for the betterment of the league, as if he represents the 32 owners and he's supposed to turn a profit. Um, increase revenue, increase viewership of the NFL, okay? How does it benefit the league that you go after these big names and suspend them? I don't know. I, I guess I wonder if, the, if Goodell is just like, you know what? We're so above big names. We're just a moneymaker. Like, we could do whatever we want right now. now Whether it's uh, Tom Brady or, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. Because obviously with Goodell, he represents the owners. Correct. So is it the, is it the fact that the owners... I mean, you would think that the owner wouldn't want to lose a Tom Brady. Like, they saw what happened with the Patriots. Now, for the Packers to lose Clay Matthews and Peppers, that's that's vital to their defense. Yep. You know, you would think that the owners of the Packers all, whatever, like, was it 45,000 of them? Well, that's the other thing, too, is the Packers, they don't have a, such a strong voice as a Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft. Yeah. But, so let's say, let's say, let's say it's, he does this to Tony Romo to, Aaron Rodwell, I guess not Aaron Rodgers, like to Philip Rivers and Yeah, no, he, I understand. He what you're taking away like big name quarterbacks just 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 because he can, basically. Honestly, I think I think pirates the owners still know they're gonna be making money hand over fist. Even even though I mean they don't want to lose a game though. No, but they still know that they're gonna be getting all this money coming in. I mean, the, and that, uh, these, these $2 billion TV deals or whatever ridiculous amount it is, I forget how much money it is. I mean, look look at the the, um, the Rams moving to L.A. Yeah. The fact that, that they had to pay some sort of stupid moving fee to go to L.A. and all that money is getting split up amongst the, the other 31 owners. I mean, that's just – Yeah. You know, as long as, as long as the owners can say, all right, well, yeah, I lost Tom Brady or, yeah, I lost Tony Romo. But I ended up making $40 million this year. Yeah. Yeah, well, what can I do? You know, and, and the NFL made, you know, a, a billion dollars this year, or, you know, whatever the numbers end up being. You know, it's. So, so my conspiracy theory is that Goodell is going to hammer those guys. And Goodell is, that's why, you know, 
Goodell was ruthless in going after Brady, as as I think he's going to push, and they've been talking about this for a while for an 18 game schedule. Very well made, yeah. And if that's the case, they're going to say, well, you know, you can't have this much disciplinary power, or it needs to be very black and white. You take PEDs, it's a one game suspension or five hundred thousand dollars fine. And if they give him that, they have to just like any collective bargaining is give and take. Right. They're going to have to take it those extra two games. The other argument might be is, okay, we don't, we're not going to give you this. We want to make sure because you, you have too much power. We're, we're taking this back, and then it might go to an arbitrator. Because there are other things that went to an arbitrator during the last um, collective bargaining agreement, and they're like, no, you can't have that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, so maybe they play and say, you know what? No, we're taking away Clause 45 or whatever yeah. it is. Like Adele could basically do whatever he wants to do, and he's the um, – uh, the own, uh, his own arbitrator as well. Yeah. You know, they can take that power away. If if the players don't come together at some point and say, no, we have to we have to take some of this power away and we got to unite, then it's just going to keep on getting screwed like this. And it, I know part of it's just the, the money is, is getting but, so uh, big. But remember, last time when the owners did this, they didn't budge. No, I know, you but know? that's why I think the, the players ultimately you're going to have if Goodell, the big say. If, if Goodell looks at the players and they come and they see it and he goes, no. And then they're like, well, we won't play. Like, most of you guys won't be playing in three years anyway. You yeah, know, I, I just... I, I can hold out. Can you? And I understand, they, but... And, and then if he goes, well, I'll relinquish it if you give me two other games. I think that's what's going to happen. It's clear as day, John. Would you want to see an 18-game schedule? I want to see a 100-game schedule. See, that's uh, see, the I, problem. Like, I, I love... Football. It sucks when it's when it's over. It sucks. It's it's the best sport to watch. It's one of the few sports that I can watch. The two worst teams play each other. See, I think that's part of the allure is that it's such a small season and is only the sixteen games. I think that's one of the the selling points the NFL has for it. So now, obviously, they're not going to be adding. A ton more games, but that's the thing. In. It's only two more games. It's not like it's no, like I know, the NBA but adding another half dozen, like another dozen, you know. No, it's, I understand just, that, but I just, I don't know, I, I don't know, I, I, I can't see adding an, another two games with. It. I, I just think the sixteen, and maybe it's just because of that. Why not? That number, how it, it fits in, it seems to be good. It'll start. And at the, it'll start at the end of August. I don't know. I. I, I would be perfectly fine if they stay with sixteen games. No, I, I, mean, I, 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 I'm not in the the camp that yes, I definitely want to see eighteen games. I, I, I like, and okay, I agree that ready? I can watch just about any game. Ready? But here's the ultimate question: It's in a yes, and it's either a yes or no question. Would you watch those extra two games? Probably yes. And that's all. That's all that they care about. No, I know, but I know that. But then the other thing too is if the owners are going to want two more games, well, then the players are going to say, okay, fine. But then all of our paychecks have to be increased by another two games and, as well. And, and they say and that's much, fine because that's right. chump change to what they're right. making. Right. No, exactly. I agree um, with that. I don't know. I but just, I, I would honestly, dude, I really wouldn't mind. Or, or how you do 18 games, you give two bye weeks. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. And stretch it out that way. Um, you know, they were like people who like say the idea, which I think was so stupid. Each player is contractually obligated to play 16 games. If they want to play the extra two, they can or can't. So then you could divvy up, increase the roster, and divvy up, who's, which I think is an awful idea because you want chemistry and consistency. Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to do when your kicker like, decides not to play like two games? Right, right. You know, and, and, and how can you decide like when it's – you know, what if it's crunch time? Like when this, we go to the playoffs, and Tom Brady's like, meh, I want to take the game off. Well, that's the other thing. How can you – 
put that on the players to say, uh, well, you know what? Yeah, it's it's week four. I will tell you one thing, and they've practically already did it with where they moved it up and how guys kick. They're going to get rid of kickoff because that's where a lot of injuries come from. Right. They're going to get rid of kickoff. And the, and I guarantee you there's some guy in like some some like cubicle in the NFL offices trying to figure out a way to to get rid of punting. But do not be surprised, you know, because you know that I get information. <laughs> do not be surprised if next year there's no kickoff in MIAA football. Interesting, okay. Or NCAA. Because that's, that's been on the table for a while, a long time. Just automatically start at the 25? Or, yeah, or 20 whatever. or 25, 25, no kickoffs, yeah. In high school, where's the average starting position? Do you know? Approx- uh, approximately? It's just like the thirty. You know, because the, the kids can't kick as far. Right, unless right. Unless you're in Hull and give the back wind. So that's why I didn't um, know if they would push it up a couple of yards because, you know, in the NFL, everything's a touchback now because obviously they've, they've moved up where you kick it off from to try to prevent yeah, a lot the of kickoffs. Yeah, the guys can boot it. Right. Like, um, I, I would say if the NFL is going to get rid of kickoffs, have everything started at the which, 15. Did you see about the guy who kicked the had a 67-yard punt in the air, not not like rolling yardage. No. And he got randomly tested the next day for steroids. Oh, really? <laughs> well, James Harrison today um, came into his tr- uh, training camp, and in his locker was like, today you're being randomly tested for steroids for PEDs after this whole Roger Goodell yeah. thing. It's like, that wasn't by chance. You know, and, and he put it on Facebook that, you know, what's the deal with this? So, you know, yeah. I'm being antagonized. And Goodell, Goodell hates him. Oh, oh yeah, he hates definitely him. does. Um I don't. Know. I, don't know. I, I think if you get see the the problem is though if you get rid of kickoffs, you can only get rid of like then you, you you're going to get rid rid of the onside kick, which is True. a problem, which is a big problem. Like, well, what you, if like, they it's, said it's a fighting chance? You know. Well, I mean, if when I still give them, do the onside kick, it's just, but you have to say all right, we're doing the onside kick, so you get the opportunity to do the onside kick, or the other team automatically gets it at the the fifteen or twenty. I think if, if everything was going to start as a as a down ball, push it back another five yards, make it a little bit more difficult instead of giving the twenty. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just, it would be. I'd be. I like to see a little bit more no, play yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I hear what make you're a little saying. bit more drama like that. It's, but it's still give them the opportunity for the onside kick, so yeah. you can still get the ball back, and you'd only have. I mean, how many games see an onside kick? It's not every single game. I mean, maybe in in, in week one, are we going to see two onside kicks? Maybe <laughs> there's a guy in Alabama. A high school coach that has never not onside kicked. Really, he's never punted and he's never like done a traditional oh, kickoff. Uh, yeah, like, and he always goes for it and forth and like he has like he doesn't have like a kicker on the team, right? Because he doesn't kick the ball off unless it's the opening kickoff or something like no, that. No, even the opening even kickoff, he, he does an kick. onside kick. Yeah, he doesn't and, uh, punt and he doesn't go for an extra point. Punt. He always goes for the two. Yeah, and like and he has like these camps where you can go and get like his playbook and stuff. I hate the guy because that's federation <laughs> rules, and we use NCAA, and all of his kick formations are illegal. Interesting. And okay. like a guy like coaches doing, they're like, "Oh, I saw it on YouTube." Look, I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. It's like, <laughs> look up in the in our rule book. Um, you have to have so many men on the line on the yeah, side, on both sides, and like yeah, within five yards, and all the other stuff, and even how you break out of a huddle. It's all done because we do the NCAA because it's all done for safety. Mm-hmm. You can't like overload one side and blow up like well, even like the NFL. Guy. You can't now either. Yeah, so that's why like they just want to get like it is like yeah kickoffs. Uh, you know, I'll tell you this from like as a rough down there. Like you see, some kids get knocked out. Oh I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Um, I mean, physically, like literally concussed, or right. like just like wow, that you just look like you got hit by a car. 
I mean, kids are coming with like a full head of steam, and it's it is a dangerous play. It's a crazy play. On the the one year I played football, my freshman yeah. year, um, I was on kick return on the the wedge. Yeah, and. I used to go, oh, man, we were just running literally right at these people who yeah. have been running for our 50 together. yards. Yeah. yeah, and at that point, you could run you could run with your arms together. So we were running with our arms together. So, you know, one person is trying to run faster. Someone's running a little bit slower. And, you know, you would try to match up the people, how the fast they were. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't the biggest person. So I was always surprised that I was on the wedge. Like, I don't know how I got into the, the wedge portion. Because you're deep. Yeah, because just in case the ball is kicked short. Yeah, so it's like I don't know how I got in depth into that area. But – uh, yeah, I mean, just, just like, all right. I used to always tell myself, run as fast as you can, run as fast as you can. So you're trying to match that speed that's coming. Because, yeah. again, when you're in that wedge, you're maybe running for 10, 15 yards, so depending how, how yeah. far the ball was kicked. And other people, they're Total already been running for, yeah. for 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards. Well, the wedge is now illegal. <laughs> yeah, because now you can't yeah. connect arms or hook that, arms. That and because of the position of wedge buster, which was like the guy yeah. the guy who's going to get a concussion today. <laughs> yes, yes. Is like, you know, it was part part of the reason. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love the game. It, it is dangerous. You know, I have girls who – feasibly could play if they wanted to but they probably chances won't. are they won't right you know and and like people always ask me like if you had a son would you let him play i don't know i guess <laughs> no i <laughs> learn to kick and maybe get a scholarship <laughs> like, I, I played that one year without my not my, my parents knew but i signed up and yeah uh, went got to do the initial stuff without my parents knowing and then when i needed to like actually go and get pads and stuff like that that's when I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I need to go to the high school today. Like, oh, why? You don't have to go there just yet. I was like, oh, well, I know I need to get pads for double sessions that begin next week or yeah. conditioning. And my mom flipped out because she yeah. didn't want me playing. And my dad was like, well, you know, all right, you know, see what happens. And the, I, I hated practicing. And I know that's most sports, but like, I liked going to baseball practice. practice. I liked practice. going to baseball practice. I didn't mind going to basketball practice. I hated football practice. The games were awesome, but practice was just terrible. I just did not. That was just not for me. So yeah, I, I I guess I didn't mind it as much. Um, well, I guess the other thing too is I, I I was the one that would you know be chances are getting knocked out, <laughs> whereas yeah. you were probably doing the knocking out if, at most points or some <laughs> points. No, I, I got I got my fair share. Well, and I'm sure you did like, too. Yeah, but I mean, um, it's it's um yeah I mean I don't know it's yeah some kids hate it or love it I guess for either sport like there was one time we were, we were doing um it wasn't even a preseason game it was just like a. A ten play, like a scrimmage. scrimmage yeah. yeah, like each team ran ten or fifteen plays and then just switched. Yes, yeah. So it was a a pass play, and I had gone out because I was playing cornerback. So I'd gone out, and you know, play was over, and I stopped and I looked to my left, and their fullback had come out and just leveled me, and the ball was like dead way over play. I was like twenty yards downfield, yeah. and he was just looking, literally looking for someone to hit, and I had no clue it was coming. I looked over and. Like instantly, I got hit and I was on the ground. And I was just like, "What just happened?" You know, the, pl- yeah. the play was on the other side of the field and everything. And that was just like, I don't know, players like that. Just for me, just now, were you looking at? Did you see the guy coming? Or well, I had stopped running again. The play was on the other side, opposite side of the field. I had stopped running and I, I just like I turned to like walk back to the line of scrimmage or to the huddle, and that's when I was like, "Bang!" Got hit. That's actually see now that's a penalty. Yeah, now it's just like, "All right, get up, son." And I was just like. Yeah. Well, what just happened? Like the play was over, and yeah, I was—you were a defenseless player at that well, time. The it, play well, was over. Uh, yeah. Well, even if even, even, even if, if the it ball wasn't, was, if you're if you've committed yourself 
to not being in the play. Like right. you're a defenseless player. Now, okay, now go back 20 years. Yeah, I know they didn't have. <laughs> no, no, I know, but even then, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, all right, I'm 20 just, yards yeah, away from yeah, the ball. He just wanted to like hit somebody. Yeah, he just wanted to light somebody up, and that's all it was. And I know there are people that are like that because it's you know, it's football, and they like yeah. to do that. And I just think that's that's somewhat part of the game. But I think that's why some people just don't like playing it because you get someone that's. Kind of a jerk. No, a, yeah. I mean, it's true. And, 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 like, the higher level you go up, it gets crazier. So it's Yeah, like, and it, it just um, it just, it just wasn't for me. It's basically what it no, came yeah. to. Yeah, and I know it's not for everybody. Yeah. So if I could have just done the games, I might have done that. But obviously you can't do that because you don't know what you're yeah, doing. Unless you're really good. <laughs> well, yeah, and I wasn't very good. You know, I was okay, but I wasn't very good. The coach wouldn't care. Yeah. Like the next Deion Sanders or something. So. Oh, well. So that's football. Yeah, that's life. <laughs> that's life. Yeah, it's that's a game right. Of huh? So, um, but anyway, so it's been interesting. So, will the world end November sixth? Is it supposed to end November sixth? I don't know. It's the election day, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Are> we, <coughs> excuse me. Are I, we going to have a national like uprising and a third party is going to rise to power? Okay, so I. I don't know if I was talking. I think I must have been talking to you about this at some point about voting for Gary Johnson, possibly. Yeah. And I honestly, I still don't know who I'm voting for. Um, but I know I've seen a bunch of people like talk about you know voting for Gary Johnson or voting for Jill Stein or anyone other than um, Clinton or or Trump. Now the other thing is, I I have to ask you about this. What party are you officially registered for? Oh, I am officially <laughs> a member. <laughs> Of the pizza party, <laughs> officially. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that post that mm-hmm. you were officially a member of the pizza party. Yep. And how many members of the pizza party are there in Quincy? Do you know? Uh, there's about 1,700 in the state. In the state, so okay. you got to get – well, there's at least one in Quincy. Oh, well, yeah, you. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you like so pizza. Are you, are you doing that just for this election or was it like – a little bit, yeah. Okay, I, mean, I didn't know if it was a permanent type of thing where you're never voting in any primary again for 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 president type of thing. Yeah, um, no, because you, you can't be, vote in a primary. Yeah, now. I know it might just be for this election. Because, like, but I mean, a, does it even matter if if I if I register as Republican? Okay, yeah, so I guess it's a primary. But like, if I'm like a diehard Republican, Massachusetts will never have a Republican. They will never give get the state will never go to a Republican. If I'm a diehard Democrat, what's the point of even voting? They're gonna it's gonna go to the Democrats anyway. Well, like people said that, but then Scott Brown won, and we elect Republican governors all the time. Yeah, but then, but yeah, but that's different. I can still vote in those elections and well, stuff yeah, like that. But the but I'm talking about the actual about presidency. And speaking of which, this is a good segue into uh, the bloody sock. Um, <laughs> but for the actual presidency, this state is blue. It's like no, I know, but in this election, in this past primary for president in, in March, you would not have been able to vote for whoever you wanted to vote for for on the Republican Party or on the Democratic Kasich. Party. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to vote for John Kasich, you wouldn't have been able to because oh, yeah, there's I'm no one running the, for the pizza party. The, yeah, so it would have been like all right. And then actually in September, I don't think there's anyone on the Republican primary ballot right now. Maybe there's. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But you won't you won't be able to go and vote. Excuse me, vote at all because yeah. there is no um, ballot for that. Yeah. On the pr- anyway, you don't seem too concerned about it, so yeah, I don't care. All right, so your bloody sock talk. So Kurt Schilling uh, wants to run for president. No, 
<laughs> Kurt Schilling wants to uh, challenge Elizabeth Warren um, for the Senate seat, and I think that would be a uh, a great challenge. Um, obviously, he's going to run as a Republican. We all know that he's a Republican. Correct. But some people love Elizabeth Warren. She's a little too lefty for me. Yeah. Um, you know, what is she, Micmac? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? She's a liar. I hate. Well, every politician's a liar, and some people who are politicians are still liars. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe I voted for Elizabeth Warren. I think, like you said, she's a little too left for me as well. Not, not that. Who, who did she beat Scott Brown? Yeah, she yeah. Okay, so I just. Oh, nope, there goes the microphone. I, I just, I know it's it's a stupid thing, but like it just says a lot. Like you. Freaking put a cookbook about Native American recipes, and then like when when they pressed you to the fire, like you couldn't give any information about like your ancestry that you knew of. Oh, but you knew this recipe that was passed down for generations, right? I feel scumbag. I feel with a lot of the politicians, they feel they think covering up the lie is better. If they just said, "Yeah, you know what." I was young, I was stupid, and I put it on there. I, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. It would be so much better, and it would be over and done with Yeah, in, in, I agree. in such a shorter time. But now, any time, like, now, obviously, it would come up again in election times that she lied on her college admissions or whatever it might yeah. be. But it, it, no one will be talking about this anymore. Like, hey, well, you know, yeah, she lied, but she admitted to it, and she realized it was a stupid mistake when she was young or whatever it might be. It, it, for different things like that, just admit that you made the stupid mistake yeah. and and. It'll be over and done with. Yeah, yeah. No, they can't. They have to like be above it all, and yeah, it's a scumbag move on their on their end. So I would like Kurt Schilling to to run, and he'll lose because they're going to say, "Didn't you just take twenty million dollars from the state of Rhode Island?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that'll be some of those different tax incentives and agreements that where they give these different companies a lot of money or whatnot. It's yeah. I know it's a risk on on both parties' part because you know Schilling is running a private business and it could fail at any point. And on the other hand, we're giving you money, so in theory, you won't try to and fail. You know, but you, you know what I hate? So, so th- these are things that I hate. Is like, is how how people get so focused on red and blue. You know, like, yeah. like let's say this this election, Kurt Schilling and Elizabeth Warren are going head to head on. Each other. There's going to be some diehard Elizabeth Warren fan who's going to be like, Kurt Schilling took all this money from Rhode Island and his video game system. He promised all these jobs and blah, 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 blah. He's a crook. But Elizabeth Warren lied to get into Harvard and then rolled with that lie. She rolled with that lie. Oh, well, that's eh. You know, like, like they only see, like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, like, their candidates, like, totally clean. Like, they, they'll never, like, I'm trying to get to the point whenever anybody talks politics about me, I'm like, all right, tell me three bad things about the candidate you support. And some of them, sometimes they really can't. Well, yeah, no, er, there's, there's bad things about every single candidate. Yeah. On that note, Michael Long, are you on the line there? I thought this was sports name. <laughs> this is now called the neutral zone between the blue lines. Oh, okay. Technically not, but we're, we've been trying to figure out a good name. Because it's a subsidiary of Sports Night. Yeah, with the Sports Night Inc., and you're listening to the neutral zone or between the blue yeah. lines or whatever it might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're being joined now by love. Mike Long. Um, so I assume you heard a little bit of our talk about um, Kurt Schilling and politics and lying politicians there. 
Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Kurt does need something to do with his time, so might as well do a call. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were talking about, I don't know how we even got talking about politics or whatever it was. Oh, but, I said, will the world end on Oh, yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> Damien's question was, will the world end on November 6th? And I said, oh, is this supposed to end on November 6th? He said, well, that's election day. <laughs> we both kind of chuckled about that. So. Uh-huh. Well, so, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, if you just want to skip that altogether. <laughs> uh, I'll generally skip it. I mean, I, um, I mean, neither one is pretty likable, uh, obviously. Uh, it's the, the, the super-duper cliche of, uh, you know, which one do you hate the least, lesser of two evils, blah, blah, blah. Pick your yeah, poison. Yeah, I mean, this being sports night, I'm going to let the, uh, the, the host steer the conversation. I don't want to, you know, babble on about... No, that's fair enough. Uh, okay, we all were, right, we yeah. Were, we were actually you know, talking that, about third-party so, candidates, too. Yeah, so it is a hot topic. So um, so instead, uh, ML, can we hear your opinion on organized religion? <laughs> oh, sure. Well, you know, I, I feel. <laughs> as, as, as a devout non-practicing Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll move on from politics and religion to um, the, the politics and religion of the Red Sox. Just as worse, yeah. Especially this there, year, who there knows? There are people who literally run on faith around here. Um, so the Red Sox are, are a game out of first place, I believe, and two games up on the second last on the second wild card spot. What are your thoughts, Mike, in the last week, week and a half? They've been looking fairly good the last week, week and a half. Yeah, the pitching's been coming together a little bit. Um, you know, they, uh, they they beat up the teams they're supposed to beat up. Um, the Yankees series was was tough. I mean, there was that one game we got we got smoked. But I mean, I've always kind of hung my head on the fact that if they're going to lose a game, I'd rather them lose. I'd rather a tough luck loss than a uh, you know they get the doors blown off. And they've had a couple of bullpen games where that happens. I know Abad um, didn't obviously make the best first, second, or potentially third impression. Um, but luckily, nothing would. They're, they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat, and it's only one game. But Cleveland is in the mix, in the thick of it, and um, you know, three to two. That's a, that's a good win. You got to take it. Is Pomerantz a bust? Is, was that a bust of a trade? Uh, I mean, I was I was actually down at the side of you never really ultimately know what's going to happen with a prospect. Everybody was like equating him to Pedro, not necessarily because of Pedro, but but. They're like saying he's like Pedro, but because Pedro, like you know, said he was going to be a big, big deal, he probably will be. At the same time, how many prospects can you hold on to and run a successful baseball team? You have to make all of them moves and decisions. You have to be a hoarder. At some point, they're not going to work out all the time. I mean, I know the kid that the, the main piece in the um, the previous San Diego trade for uh, Kimball, uh, Manuel Margot, is probably going to be up next year. And just trying to know from a, from like a fantasy baseball standpoint, they're already starting to talk about him and his potential. But then again, look at what, I mean, what, what are we going to do right now? We have potentially three outfield spots solidified for the literal n- near future, near and upcoming future. That's not even to talk about Mercado. I mean, the guy we're losing obviously is a big guy, is a big part or tease, but our lineup is solid. But at the same time, we need help here and there. We may be. I don't know. I mean, I didn't. Honestly, God, I had never heard of Anderson Espinosa before the trade, and then I found out he was the top ranked Red Sox prospect. So, speaking of Moncada, he's a natural second baseman, right? Yes. Now, Drumbowski. Drumbowski is not going to. He's not a boss. He's not Theo. He's not from here. He's not like going to be here for twenty years, fifteen years. Okay. Um, 
he you know he's gonna he, his job is to win another World Series and then bounce. Do you if the opportunity arises and Moncada is ready to come up, do you do you move Pedroia? Well, I think the biggest question is probably what do you do with the DH spot? I mean, is it guaranteed that Hanley's going there? And if Hanley goes there, I mean, you still we still have what does they floating around? Pablo Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, that's what I, I I was assuming that the Red Sox were like, look, 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 Chubbs, you're going to lose some weight and you're going to be a DH, and I want you to shut up. Right. And I mean, but he could do that. Hanley could go to DH. I mean, you make the argument that like you take the regular wear and tear of being in the field off of them. Yeah. Um, Pedroia in theory could go, uh, but at the same time, it's like you got if Hanley goes, you have third base and first base open. I mean, that's one. Pablo Shaw, but do you really? And seeing a full year on Shaw, do you want a full year? Do you want Shaw as your regular guy? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody wants Sandoval to ever stand well, on the Sandoval field. Well, Sandoval is another thing. Like, Sandoval, you have to give a shot to the next year. You, well, have, to, you have all that money in it. It's like, what else are you going to do? How old is Shaw, Mike? Uh, I don't know offhand. You can't, he's probably in his late 20s. He's not like a, he wasn't a super prospect. He just... He literally kept it was good enough last year and this year. Right, I, I thought he was a little bit younger because I was going to say, either way, this is pretty much his first full try with the Sox. I mean, right. if they gave him an, another year, I mean, to see what was going on with other different options for next year, I wouldn't have a problem with him being your primary um, third baseman again. Um, I just, The Sandoval experiment, I feel, is just over, and they should just, you know... I, I don't see why you keep throwing good money after bad. Like, he's... he's Package him with uh, Pedroia and <laughs> send him on his way. Well, I mean, the Pedroia I can see keeping though, and like and like Mike said, whether it's DH or whether he'd be willing to move the first if if, if whatever it might be, who knows? But I, I think just the Sandoval thing, just you know, cut bait, say all right, eat, eat the cash, and and you know, be done with it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I mean. You can kind of look at what San Diego did again uh, with Kemp. I mean, Kemp obviously was the top of the line and then he's got this huge contract but not living up to it and I I want to say that they, they got him off the books but they didn't pay that much of the salary like just no I'm sorry they they, they actually still I want to say they're still taking on most of the salary so if you can whether you cut him or you do whatever you probably have to move on from him but I feel like you still have to at least dip your toe in the water through spring training next year to see where he's at because you never know I mean, if he's in shape if he's in shape you have to give it a shot, otherwise maybe you have to just cut straight out. Once he's out of the picture, you have a lot of roster flexibility. Makata, in theory, I heard them say they were trying, they were having him take rounders at third. So, you know, like, I mean, it's an infield spot, it's not the same spot, but I don't know. I mean, like, Makata has to, is probably due up next year. I mean, when they brought Ben Intendi up and he was just successful, and Makata's just as good, seemingly, if not better. Ben Intendi, wow. I mean, he skipped triple A, too. So this exactly. is like this is gonna. So this is our future lineup. So we have Benintendi. Our outfield is gonna be amazing. It's gonna like, you know what? What the Red Sox are reminded me of are, are the Yankees, like in the like nineties, when you, they had all that homegrown talent going. The core four, yeah. You know, exactly. um, I mean Benintendi, JBJ, and Betts. Betts in the uh, that's a phenomenal outfield. Um, right. And then, like, having Mankata, Xander Bogarts, like, in the infield. See, wouldn't you want Mankata and Xander Bogarts to be up the middle? That would just seem better. I, I, it would, <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think Pedroia is still 
a very good second baseman. And I think if we were to say, all right, we need to find a place yeah, for him. And you told me why he didn't go to um, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Pesky's, Pesky's wake. Yes. Yeah, I, to go. <laughs> I, can't, I really can't. I'm <laughs> forever looking at him that way. And, and he can't, I, unless he makes a time machine or unless he comes I, out no, and says, I, like, I regret that, like. If you can just try to take that out of the, the picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, even say, okay. We're going to have you move to first. I know he's like the absolute least traditional type of first baseman <laughs> you could possibly look at. He's he's short. He probably can't stretch. Or, you know, whatever it might be. I don't know. But just say he moves to first base, yeah. okay? And yeah. you have Hanley move to DH permanently. So that way you have Benatendi still in left field. So your outfield's still intact. I, I just say keep Shar at, at third. And then, you know, I don't know. I, I think that could be your, your lineup for next year. Or e- even if Hanley says, all right, we're going to keep you at first and move Pedroia to DH for a while. And I don't know if Pedroia w- would buy that. But, I mean, I, I think the Red Sox Jackson are in a, a good position right now where next year they're going to have a lot of decisions to make that are end up going to be tough. But this going to be good because, like, all right, we have all this young talent that we want to give a chance to play here. Yeah. And maybe we see some of that in September, too, with the September call-ups to see what happens with all these uh, guys, too. Yeah. For, as a preview for next, uh, next uh, April. So... I'm looking at baseball reference right here. Pedroia is 32 years old. Um, and I, I literally can't believe this. Um, <laughs> his his two, 2016 contract status signed through 2021. Yes. He, yeah. He, and, and how much is he making per year? Uh, well, the, they don't say that exactly. 16 to 21, and six years, six years, 85 million was the overall contract. So, first of all, that's a steal for the Red Sox because he's making basically pennies compared to everybody else. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, that's a very good trade bait. Well, it very well could be, but I just, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I just don't see them trying to trade Pedroia because the other thing, too, is he seems to be such a good clubhouse guy, too. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think he's a, a, one of those leaders on the team, especially yeah. once Ortiz goes, he's going to be kind of that, that connection still to the world championship teams. Um, exactly. uh, of, I mean, because as of next April, you're gonna have Pedroia, and you're gonna have Bogarts, and who's left over from the 2013 yeah. championship team? I think that's about it. I mean, Here's, so why is Ortiz Bogey. retiring in the first place? Well, he's been wearing down. I feel like a little bit. I mean, you know, like there's talk about how he's like like coming really slow out of the box, like hits to the corner that he could probably like anybody else could have a double. He just be stopped at first base. Everybody's got like uh, shins issues, feet issues. Um, and it's just like, I mean, literally it's the argument of like why he decided to retire, like the wear and tear is just, I mean, at his age, you know, I, I, I know the age well, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's enough. And like four, four, around 40 is the, like tends to be the cap for most people, except if you're each year old, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, think. Julio Franco. <laughs> was Julio Franco shorter was and probably 100 pounds less than uh, Ortiz. <laughs> I mean, I think if, oh, literally, if Ortiz could just hit, I think he could play. But he has to then run to first run. base. And then once he gets to first base, he goes, oh, okay, Bogarts is hitting behind me now, or whoever's hitting behind me, or Hanley, and he just hit a shot. I have to be on third base now. He can't well, do why that. Can't and they do, those... Why can't they do men's uh, slow-pitch softball rules where he can hit and then <laughs> the pinch runner waits permanent pinch runner. Yeah. You should send an email and see if you can get that going. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the reason why. I, now, he, the question people are throwing out there is, what if they offer him $25 million to come back next year? Yeah, he'd, he be, back? he'd be stupid not to. If anybody offers you $25 million and you say no, you're, you're a crazy person. What if they person. offered him $20 million to come back? If they offer, Honestly, they should. you should retire. 
I mean, I think I, I don't know. If what I was him, because I don't have Ortiz money, <laughs> I would come. I would play for like twenty grand. If you like, <laughs> ask me if it was guaranteed money, I would. I, mean, I would show up and say like, well, I also can't. I have to go to work my, at my real job. <laughs> so. I, I think if Ortiz was smart, and hopefully he was, he's like, all right. I know this has been coming, and I've been fighting for tooth and nail for my other past couple of contracts. This year, I'm not spending a single dime of what I make because hopefully he can make on. Uh, live what off he's what he's made in the past you know fifteen years, and then that way even if he sat just on the eighteen million or fifteen million whatever it was he made this year, he'd still be set for however many years he wanted to be. Yeah, and that way he doesn't have to worry about oh man I got to get up again tomorrow and like Mike said you know I I can't run the first like literally I cannot run the first base but I have to run the first. Yeah, I just think of the whole awkward aspect of like. If he actually did come back this year and all the retirement ceremonies I've had for him all over Major League Baseball, like, what do you do next time, next year if he's back again? It's like, hey, let me give you that rocket chair back, but I guess I am retiring this year, so I say, hold on to it, or, I mean, what do you yeah, see, but Give me that plaque so, back and uh, make it say it's so 2017 Let's look at the last three big retirement, like, tours. Okay, so you had Jeter with his, and Jeter should have retired two years before he retired. Yep. He just f- basically finished out his contract. Right. And the thing with that is, on those numbers, you're not getting another contract. Like, as simple as that. And you know that. Everybody knows that, okay? Right. Um, so that, that that's a given. Yeah, I'm going to retire. That way it looks like you chose, you know, not like Jeter got cut. Like, um, A-Rod was like kind of, they twisted his arm into retiring because they're like, look, we're not going to play you for the rest of the season because you blow. Um, yeah. And now this is the end of his contract too, right? No, I think uh, I don't entirely know that. I think A Rod had another year on his. So he maybe maybe two, but he had, I yeah. think he had one more year. I thought he did have another year. So so he, now he is literally opting not to play. Um, well, no, the, the Yankees cut him, released him, whatever. So because so he's officially not a Yankee anymore. So he's still going to get paid though. I believe so. Yeah. Baseball Reference has it as signed through twenty seventeen. So yeah, so he he's one- like, so he's like basically like, all right, well, I'm still getting paid. So and and they were like, look, we're not going to play you at all, and no one's going to pick him up for the yeah. twenty five, thirty million dollars a year, whatever it was. Yeah, so you get you know because this is your severance package, basically. Ortiz is not in that situation. Like he's producing numbers at the end of his contract, where people will say, yeah. But I guess that's the ultimate question: is is do you want to go out on top or do you want to go out like limping? You know, right, or a little bit of both. And most of the season, he was going out on top, but he's like starting to starting to wear a little bit. I mean, hopefully, he can yeah. So that you know, that's when you get, do the hamstring injury, give him fifteen days off. You yep. know, he can go make more of a salsa and sell it at Shaw's. <laughs> Has anybody had maybe, it? Is it any maybe, good? Maybe they'll call Moncada up uh, in September. You know. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, have him fresh for the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I just uh, I would think the like, competitors want to compete to the very end. Look at Brady. Brady talks about playing another five years, but Brady's also in like unbelievable health. He's in better shape than he is now than ten years ago, which is crazy to say, but it's true. Possibly, yeah. Especially after he had the ACL tear, you yeah. know, he got he got in good shape. Yeah. So, I'm so, about ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> and cacao. Um, so, Mike, where do you see the Red Sox on October 1st? Do you see them... On TV or <laughs> in the stadium? <laughs> yes. Do you see the truck getting ready to be packed up for spring training, or is it going to be heading over to the Logan Airport to fly to Cleveland for a, a game or something like that? 
I mean, I think that looking at the standings, there's no real, like, dominating team in any division. Like, the best record in the American League is 70-50 and 50 at the Rangers. The Sox are 65-52. and 52. There's a lot of glut. I, I don't have the wild card standings. I don't know why I can't find that right now. Um, but... I mean, there's a lot, there's like a lot of people, a lot of teams that are like close to each other. And it's not, they're not consistent this year. Like clearly like they have up games. They have really up games where they blow up the other team. But then they blow like, they, then they blow some games that like they should have won. They, they have a problem where like if they're down by like, if they've scored, if they're down like three to two or three to one after like the seventh inning, the crazy stat where like they're like three and 50 or something like that. But like they, they, they have very rarely come back in close games. It's, it's tough to tell. I mean, the pitching, it's, it's the, the cliche, it's all about pitching. Like, I just hope that the pitching just stays stays correct. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez has pitch, been pitching a lot better as of late. Um, you know, when he first came back up after being hurt, he obviously was terrible. But then he's been solid. He's just not getting any wins, but he's been solid if you look at the numbers. Like, seven, you know, high innings, quality start innings pitch, getting like six, seven, eight Ks. Um, I mean, Provence has been better too. And a, lot, a lot of the guys aren't getting wins. I mean, the bullpen is getting wins. Price, I don't know. I, at first, I was like, I thought Price suffered from the same thing, and I did look up his numbers uh, a couple weeks back, and like, he's clearly had some stinkers, no doubt. Um, and I hate to give this comp too, but I mean, if you remember, like, maybe it's like a potential Josh Beckett situation. Josh Beckett's first year here was not good at all. Um, and then the year after, I think he like vibes to the Cy Young, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complimenting like he's definitely not stylized Josh Beckett, but he still has had the numbers. I was actually having like a little bit of a conversation slash argument with a friend of mine at work, who's a big baseball fan, and we were talking about like who would you who would you sign? Who who should they have signed? Price or Johnny Cueto? And I said at the time, at the you know beginning of the season, no doubt it was David Price. I and mean, he, he's like a big Cueto fan anyway. But we were looking at their numbers, and like, their numbers are close. But I was just, I think at the time you needed a starting pitcher. He was the best guy, literally the best guy out there. And like and the fact that this is happening, he's pitched in the AL East before, so it's not like that was an unknown. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of tough to say, but it, like the fact that like on the flip side, people weren't expecting a lot from Porcello, and he's like what. 28-2 or whatever the hell is that? Well, see, Porcel, oh, yeah, that, that, that's thing. absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, Porcel last year was, you know, people were, were killing us for signing them, and then he's had a great right. year this year. He's been arguably the best pitcher we've had all year. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and right, I mean, not to, di- not to dive into John Farrell's talk, but, like, I don't know who exactly was left on the bench when he was put in as a pinch runner, and now he's on the DL with a, sh- a pitching shoulder injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I mean, has to be the stupidest. I think... If they don't make the playoffs, I literally see no reason why John Farrell comes back. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He's yeah. He, honestly, even if he makes the playoffs, and unless he wins the World Series, I don't see him coming back either. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I said this a long time ago, and it sounded mean to say, and I'm pretty sure I said it on your show, John. If he didn't get a cancer diagnosis, he would have also been fired that year. I really think. I mean, I, how do you fire that guy? No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, speaking of the bullpen. Uh, there's been a lot of Jonathan Papelbon talk since he got uh, released by the Nationals and the Red Sox uh, uh, supposedly uh, might be in the running to sign him. What are your thoughts on that for one last go-around? Uh, I I was slammed at work all day today, and I literally just caught wind of that before I called. 
Um, I did not know he got released. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, I, part of me wants to say why not, but like, I also feel like that there's like some been. I don't know. I feel like there's some stories out there about him that I don't quite know all about. Like I don't know if it's off field stuff or what, but. I mean, for like just for the end of the year, or for the rest of the season, I would probably do that. I mean, if he wants like half a bond money for like an extended contract, I definitely don't want to do that. I don't think that. I don't. I don't know though, because he was definitely good with us. He just wanted to get paid, and that's why we didn't keep him. Right. I'm, I'm torn. I don't know what you guys think. Well, I mean, he, it's. I'm looking right now. He's 35 years old. I, I think this would be his literally his last two months pitching, um, and it wouldn't be. As the closer, he'd be some sort of setup man because you know Kimbrel's going to be the closer no matter what, um, right. and you know Dombrowski's going to be like, oh yeah, you can come back here, that's great, but you got to know X, Y, and Z, and because you know I have absolutely no connection to you whatsoever, so you know he, now, here's a here's a bag of beans to come back and play for us. How many like how many years are are on his contract? Like, is this the last year of his contract with with the Nationals? No, because if they pick him up and let's say he has two more years left, do they get those two years? Well, I think if you, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think if a guy gets released, the contract, I think if he gets outright released, the contract is null and void, and you have to sign a new contract. Maybe. I think, yeah, I think, like, essentially the Nationals basically bought out his contract. Oh, uh, okay. And so he's free to sign with whoever he wants. Um, uh, yeah, I'm they owe him. It up right now. They owe him um, a, the balance of his $11 million salary. Interesting. Yeah, he's actually he's actually a free agent after this year. He's uh, signed through 2016. All right, so yeah, whatever. So Give the, him vet, vet the Nationals pay him 11 million dollars, or the, the balance of his 11 million dollars owed, and then you know he signs. He basically signs for the league minimum. Yeah, for his for his age, and and comes out to play for whoever he wants essentially, because no one's going to sign for big money unless they really really want to make sure they get him, but. What's he gonna play for? You know, five hundred thousand dollars for the rest of the year because yeah. he's still making. He knows he's making the other money. The eleven million. The eleven yeah. million. Um, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with if they they bring him back. I agree with Mike. There's definitely something that's just. He's always been a, a weird character. He's thirty five and he acts like he's fifteen. Yeah, right. and I think that's always been. Yeah. His shtick, too. I don't know anybody who's... <laughs> like, I, don't, like, I don't know any large, red-headed men that have beards and do barbecue that act like teenagers no. at that age. <laughs> Definitely not in this circle. Absolutely No. Um, so, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all that. The um, Mike, I know you said you're looking for the wild card standings. Baltimore and Toronto are tied for the first wild card, and we're a game behind them for the wild card and, obviously, the, the AL East. Um so and then it's and then the um, uh, Seattle's two games behind us. Detroit's two and a half, and the Yankees are four and a half. Nice. Okay. So um, I don't no, see the Yankees either. being a threat the rest of the year. That's for sure. But Hanley did take three days of bereavement. Well, I don't. That doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me either. So Bo- it bothered uh, a certain afternoon radio host. Oh, what, Felger? <laughs> no, Maserati. Oh, really? See, yeah. I, I know th- that doesn't bother me. It's like, you know what? You know, someone died in your family. It's like, well, people are relying on him to you know to play for this team. It's like, it wasn't it, his it, family. Who, who was it? It was his wife's. Well, st- yeah. all right, st- I mean, if it was his, was it, who was it in his wife's family that died? Was it like her, her mother? Cousin's <laughs> 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 if, if, like, if it was his mother-in-law... 
You know, I can understand yeah. taking our father-in-law something like that. I can understand you taking that time off to be there for the family. That was like when they they ripped um, Pedro. Uh, no, I was thinking um, his grandmother died. The next year, his grandmother died. And the year after that, well, no, the, grandmother died. <laughs> no, it was when they. It was a couple of years ago when they ripped. Um, was it David Wright when he took a couple of days off for the birth of his son? Yeah, and they ripped him. It's like. That that only happens once. You yeah. know, your, your son's only born once, and you took two days off in the beginning of the season, and they were ripping him because it's like, ah, oh, you don't need to be there. It's like, well, you don't know the situation. You know, maybe his wife literally needed him to be there. Who knows what she was? Yeah, I know. I, and if even if not, who cares? Your you, son was just born. But you're talking like a common man, John. <laughs> if you're making twenty million dollars a year. But you know what? Then you know. they shouldn't be allowed to take bereavement time or yeah, uh, paternity time. But it's in their contract. So yeah. you know what? I no, have a exactly. son born. I'm going to take that opportunity. So be it. Yeah. Anyway. He said, take, it, take it up with my union. Yeah. Okay. So, Damien, you are going to act as a third-party independent voice right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Michael and I are in a fantasy football league yes. that you are... Uh, I'm well no, aware of this league. You're well yeah. aware of the league. We had our draft last Thursday. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to... Uh, I should be used as the arbiter for conflicts for this, you know. You very well... You know all the parties. I know all the parties. I, I have a full knowledge of football and... Yeah. Okay, so... So, so all right, right now, I'm going to... I'm trying to pull up the draft results as they happened. Um, I'm trying to get the email for where I had all the draft results um, sent to me here. And I would like you... To then review a couple of the teams, uh, Mike's team will be one of them. My team will be the other, and um, you could also review Mr. Seth McLaughlin, who is now in this league as well. Yes. So, Mike, as I'm pulling this up, your thoughts on how your draft went? Well, our league uh, is a league. It's a. It's a. I don't want to call it a dynasty league. Probably technically, it's a keeper league um, where <laughs> we. Uh, Graciously allow ourselves to trade draft picks. Yes. Um, the previous season, the season during the season, they you know get a competitive advantage here and there. Um, I did not have a second round pick. Um, I generally season to season, I'm always missing a top three pick in some capacity. I've also never won, so <laughs> my, my dealings are not the greatest. Um, I started with uh, it being a PPR league. I felt this was the right call. I started with. Uh, Alan Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey. Um, as your keepers. As my keepers. My yes. first pick, um, and this is based, and I think I was eighth overall out of 14 teams. Uh, my first pick was Carlos Hyde. Uh, I, I, I basically, I mean, I, I, and the roster construction is quarterback, running back, flex, two wide receivers, tight end, uh, defense, special teams, kicker, and then however many bench spots. Um, I was looking ideally for, you know, a, a third receiver for the flex spot. Didn't really see one at the time based on what was available. And then I knew I was missing a big gap as well because I had a, I was missing a second round pick. So I went with, with the best the best player available. Probably not necessarily Hyde, but I went with him for up for the upside play. This is his third season. Last year was potentially supposed to be his breakout. He had a foot injury. He's allegedly better now. Um, other than that, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not exactly, um, I'm very, like, I'm not disappointed in my draft, but I'm not, like, really excited about it either. I'm just so, sort of, like, I feel like a lot of 
lottery tickets need to come to and see where they where they end up as the season goes on. For for background, real quick, and I should have done this as well. Mike mentioned as well here. It's a fourteen team. PPR league, and yeah. like you said, it's a um, keepers. You get to keep two players before the draft. You can trade draft picks yeah. throughout the stuff. So people that are listening, watching at home, just a little bit of information on the background like that. Are your keepers round one and two? Yes. So, two, so initially what I'm looking at is, is the first round of drafting. Um, round three is considered the first, first yeah, round of the draft. The first round. Okay, yeah. so you start one quarterback, correct? correct? One quarterback, one running back. A running back slash wide receiver okay. spot. So what gets me, and to be honest, just for sheer value purposes, I would say is I'm surprised that, like, for example, um, Cam Newton and then Aaron Rodgers weren't the first pick because I'm assuming those people had a quarterback um, you know, that, they, that is better than Cam Newton or Aaron Rodgers, right? Not necessarily, no. So, like, it, I know, for example, Brian Finley had the first pick. He had traded with Seth, actually, for the first pick. Yes. And I believe he traded, was it, did he trade Peterson for the first pick? Does that sound right? Uh, which one was this again? Sorry. For, uh, Finley traded to Seth. Was it Peterson? No, it wasn't Peterson. It was somebody else for the first pick. And I forget who it was now. Um, and he got Ezekiel Elliott. That, which well, isn't a bad pick. So that, Yeah, he had the, the first pick. So, uh, let me pull up here. Seth, yeah, oh, was it? traded uh, Odell Beckham oh, and Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, for, yeah. Like, three picks. Yes, okay. So, so yeah, so Ezekiel Elliott, because he was a rookie, you couldn't keep him. He, he was pretty much unanimously going to be the, the first pick. Yeah. So that's how Finley got him. So Finley starts off with Des Bryant and DeAndre Hopkins and then added Ezekiel Elliott. So those are his first three he plays. He loves the Cowboys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, So Mike had mentioned we can, we can trade the draft picks. Last year, yeah. I did not have a, a, a very successful year. So, so see, I had Gronk last year. Yeah. I had a DeAndre Hopkins last year. I traded Hopkins for a first-round draft pick this year. Yeah. And I traded Gronk for a first and a second. Yeah. Then I also traded somebody else last year for another second-round pick. So I initially started with three first-round picks and three second-round picks. Yeah. I traded one of my second-round picks for very, Gronk. Very Belichickian of you, John. Yes. Uh, so I, I traded a second-round pick for Gronk. Yeah. So my keepers were, were Gronk and Jamal Charles. Yeah. Okay. So I had the second pick of the draft, so I went Mike Evans. Yeah. And then with the fourth pick of the draft, I went Brandon Cooks. Yeah. So my thought there was knowing I had the running back – and I had the tight end. I wanted to go wide receiver, wide receiver. No matter who the top two were, I was just going to go top two wide receivers. Yeah. I wanted to get that because it is the PPR league, so I wanted to make sure they were going to have decent years. Mike Evans has had two good years. Yeah. Brandon Cooks had a good year last year as well, so I was thinking to go along with that. Then I also had that third first-round pick. I went with Aaron Rodgers to get arguably the best quarterback Available. Available. Yeah. Cam Newton went before me. Yeah. I could have kept Cam, but I knew I wanted to keep Charles at the running back position. Yeah. And I when I, went, when I looked over who was keeping what, I figured I could throw Cam back, and either Cam or Rogers would be there for me. And luckily, Rogers fell to me yeah. at the end of the first round. I think I think you played your hand very well, John. Excellent, excellent. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, See, the the crazy thing too about these keeper leagues is. Um, as for, for those of you, I mean, not just keep at least fantasy football in general. Like, so the name Gronkowski, people are like, oh, Gronkowski, you know, greatest tight end ever, blah, 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 blah. Um, or even like Tom Brady, in a sense, you know, there are guys that will put up better fantasy numbers than the biggest names in the NFL. 
you know, and that's why I think some people like fall in fantasy football. They go, they fall in love with names, you know. Absolutely. Yes. Um, when there's like you know, like a mediocre running back on any team, but on the worst team is going to carry the ball a lot, or or wide receivers on a bad team are good to pick because they're going to throw because they're behind a lot, right. you know. So now, in, in, in your opinion, Damien and Mike, I was going to say, I want Evans and Cooks. I could have taken Hilton, Benjamin, or Cobb with either of those picks. Would you have thrown back Evans or Cooks for T.Y. Hilton, Calvin Benjamin, or, or Randall Cobb? Uh, Hilton I'm not a fan of because um, he just – I I got a feeling he's going to be out this year. His Essentially, body. It's, it's slightly to Damien's point. I don't. I mean, out of those three, Hilton would be the top one for me. Um, I mean, like of those other three receivers, Cobb had the chance last year and did not. For some reason, did nothing with it. You know, he was like the only receiver that wasn't injured in Green Bay, and yeah. everyone kind of expected him to step up, and it didn't quite materialize that way. So, I think the ones you went with were literally the choice. When I, I took Cooks, I was going between him and, and Benjamin. Yeah. Um, Hilton, for some reason, like like Damon said, I, 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 I just couldn't put the trigger on him. I yeah. don't know what it was, but I'm not a fan of Hilton. Um, but I was going between Benjamin, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm unsure about his injury. I'm sure he's he's gonna be fine with it, but I just think with, um, with Breeze throwing to Cooks, I was gonna be better in that situation. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so I was in obviously a, advantageous position because I had so many early. Breeze just tore his ACL this morning. Awesome. No. <laughs> um, that's okay. I don't have him as my quarterback, so I'm okay. So I, I was in a very good position because I had so many draft picks early. Yeah. So I had drafted four, five players before mo- some people had drafted two. Yeah. So and yeah. then my, my other picks, I picked Dion Lewis and Golden Tate in, in the second round. Yeah. So um, Dion Lewis is, is a nice little pick, but it's it's a gamble. But hey, that's what you're doing anyway. Yeah. And then uh, Larry Fitzgerald was. My other top pick as yeah. there as well, so I, I was able to take a little bit of chances here and there because I had so many early picks. Yeah. Um. So, like you said, Mike won Carlos Hyde, uh, and then let's see where else. I get Jeremy Hill next. Okay. Um, and that was another case of best player on the board. I would have liked to have gone a receiver, but I don't remember exactly what was out there, and there was nothing that I really could pull the trigger on at that at that end. Um, Eli. I probably, I mean, I didn't quite scope it out as to say, like, you know, what was left for quarterback, but I just am riding my own personal, like, hunch that he might be up for a pretty decent year this year. You could have um, taken Philip Rivers, Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton. Yeah, uh, I mean, Dalton got hurt. I mean, obviously he was really good up until he got hurt. And not to say that that's a precursor to him not doing good anymore. But I think out of those four quarterbacks, I mean, literally you could have blindly picked one and you, but Eli I, I get you you have a hunch so I can I can understand going with that but if you just said uh, any of those quarterbacks I mean I think you could have just taken any of them and you might have gotten the same production you never know yeah probably no but with Bortles I got the stat stuck in my head that a lot of his touchdowns came in garbage time like a lot yep last year yep so like that kind of like slightly swayed me and I have Alan Robinson too and I didn't even consider him. um uh other than that um Michael Crabtree, this being a PPR league, um, I know he was uh, definitely a good PPR call uh, last year and coming into this year. I feel like that would be the move. Pretty much everybody else in the rest of my draft is like, you know, popcorn, you know, seeing if it pops. 
ultimately. Right. Um, Amir, Amir Abdullah, uh, praise be to Amir. You know, I think hopefully he'll, uh, and we'll see what happens there. Charles, Charles Sims, he's not Doug Martin, but he's the pass catching running back in that offense. <clears throat> um, and the rest of them, literally, it's just based on like a loose scouting report. Like, Treadwell, I had never even heard of, probably until that day. Um, but he was very high on a lot of draft boards. Um, he's a rookie wide receiver in Minnesota. Uh, Dorsett, I'm pretty sure he was like the other guy next to T.Y. Hilton, and it's like luck even comes back to 80% of what he was. I mean, that's a little bit of production. That's definitely some production yep. right there. Um, the only one I admittedly probably will be sending to the draft, sending to the waiver wire sometime soon is C.J. Prosili, Um yeah, that one I probably got. I probably got stuck up on. You know, the, the clock was running down, and I needed to make a pick. And he was like next on the board, and he's like third or fourth on the you know the running back depth chart in Seattle. Right. Um, but there's two guys that I mean, depending on their injury history, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to release them today, but um, Rawls and uh, Kristen Michael, you know, they, they seem to have that pretty much locked up. So yeah. Um, other than that, it's all. It's all taking a shot. Um, Eric Ebron, I know, was uh, high, high on the list, but then he got injured like early on in training camp. And to me, I was like, I didn't want to spend big on a, on, a, on the tight ends. And I've always felt I'm pretty good at the waiver wire, keeping an eye on people. So it's still a long season. I mean, I'm not necessarily. I'm not. I'm very like. Um, well, I'm not overwhelmed or underwhelmed on the team. I'm just probably in the middle. I just really don't have much. I don't have much of a gauge on it right now. Have you ever, Mike, um, thought you were about to draft a person and you hit the draft button and you realize you didn't have the right person selected? Uh, yeah, my baseball team this year, Jacoby Ellsbury. You thought you were drafting him or you did draft him? No, I did draft him and I didn't mean to. And who you, who did you want to draft? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? if, it was, if it was only that easy. Um, yeah, I just it was like all of a sudden I was like, I think it was either I drafted him by accident or... I just needed somebody, and I picked the. I, like the tie. Didn't realize the time was running out so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm still. I'm doing pretty good in that league, but um, I'm probably. Uh, it's a different conversation, but he actually. I may end up dropping him soon, just for like another roster spot. But yeah, I didn't necessarily mean it, but I, I did. I, I, to that point, I had. I do try to draft players that I maybe don't necessarily think to draft. But I, I try to get myself off the mindset of, like, do I like them versus have these people performed before? Right. And if they have, I mean, you got to obviously take what works as opposed to, like, oh, I feel good about this guy. He's in XYZ situation. It's like you have to actually look at everything, that's, uh, you know, numbers-wise. So um, the reason I asked the question was because I screwed up one of my, my picks in, in the last Thursday. I had Trekhandrick West in my, my queue as to, to draft at some point. I knew he was going to be a late-round draft pick. I wanted him to be as – I think he's going to be the handcuff to Jamal Charles. I know – and I forget the other guy's name that's in Kansas City there, um, uh, the other running back who's, who's there as well. Um, I think West is going to be the, the backup. So if Charles gets hurt, I think West will be the guy to, to, to have. Anyway, I was going to draft him later on in one of the rounds, or if I missed him, so be it, whatever. I wanted to get a decent tight end backup for, for Gronkowski in case he got hurt, which, as it happened today, who knows what's going on the other day. Anyway, so I had Sir Kendrick West in my queue, and I'm looking through tight ends, and at that point, Antonio Gates was, was still on the board. I said, you know what, I'm going to grab Gates now so I have who I think is going to be a good tight end, and I'll be good to go. 
So I thought I clicked on Antonio Gates, and then I hit the draft button. And all of a sudden, it's like, you just selected Sharkhandrick West. And I was like, oh! <laughs> and I was like, that's not who I wanted to draft. So, uh, and then later on, um, our good friend Matthew Garish picked up Antonio Gates in the beginning of the round that I had next had my next pick. So I couldn't get him at that point. So I was quite upset with myself. And hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me. I got Jordan Cameron as my backup tight end instead. So there are worse tight ends, but there are certainly I think Gates would have been a better pick, I think, in, in my aspect. So, uh, yeah, no, that's n- <laughs> no, no doubt. I I, w- I would also say that for uh, the MIPA fans out there, that the forecast on the horizon is that our friend Matt Terrace will be uh, contacting us with uh, trades for tight ends because he has three tight ends with his roster. Oh, I, used to, um, I didn't look at that yet, so okay. Oh, oh, yeah. He's three tight ends in his roster, and I know he already is, uh, he sent a soft feeler out to me because he knows I just have Ebron. But I, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of a point this season where it's like I don't necessarily, mean, like I said, I'm, I, I'm like 500 every year. I either just make the playoffs or just miss the playoffs. So I'm in a weird headspace this year, but I'm going to just kind of see how it happens. And who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe good things. So he has Kelsey, Gates, and Graham. Interesting, yeah. So I can see why he might want to try to dump one of those players. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so overall, your your thoughts on the draft? You know, I, t- take me out of the equation. Take yourself out of the equation. Did you think anyone else? Like, did anyone else jump out at you as like you know? Oh, they they looked like they had a good draft, or they have a a good solid four or five player core. Well, it's uh, it's funny you say that. Our uh, another one of our friends, Chris, <laughs> who's in the league as well. Um, I believe he runs our, uh, we do have a underutilized Twitter account for MIPA. <laughs> uh, I believe it's, I actually am forgetting the name of the uh, Twitter account here. Um, uh, I will look it up for you right now. Uh, where is, so he actually, I, I had posted the other day saying, can we get a um, season preview? And he put together, I'm not exactly sure where he got this, but draft grades. Uh, for this particular uh, upcoming season. Arbitrary. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Wait, was it from ESPN? or uh, how uh, He may have ran the numbers somehow. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, this is all you know, digital conversation here. Uh, top three uh, would be yourself, John, uh, Mr. Fahey, and Mr. Garish. Okay. Um, and I think Garish is a little top one because, well, he has three tight ends. Um, <laughs> And I would be at the bottom of the pack, along with our friends Mr. Adams and Mr. Northrop. Um, it's early, you know. You guys all have A's. We all have the, we all have D's. You know, I feel like more like a C, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know mince words here. Um, yeah, so I think uh, I think uh, you know I like I definitely like your team. I mean, just on paper alone, the amount of early draft picks you had has to pretend portend well uh, for you. Uh, I hope so. Also, uh, I know he also was a bit of a seller last year, I believe. Uh, Garish, like I said, I think that's huge. He definitely he won last year, um, and he, but he did not have the same amount of draft picks, uh, as, like kind of like you did. But like I think the, the tight end thing skews those numbers a little bit. I mean, other than that, I mean, I know Rick had a good draft. I liked Seth's draft as a whole, um, and that was there. So. <laughs> yeah, he was just there. Um, Mippa underscore football. M I P P A underscore football is we the, should, the we should uh, Twitter account for all of those people who like to you follow. You know what we should do is we really should get Mippa going again, and we should have a north and south. A north actual and s- Mippa. Ooh. Like actual Mippa. 
Yeah, and do no- and and then like we'll have a south meeting night and a north, and then like maybe a few times a year we'll have like. like so uh, who do we have on on the south? You have you, me, Mike, Al. Yeah. Is that it? Ciphers. Oh, so yeah, ciphers. That's true. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. I don't know if we necessarily have enough to divvy up north and south uh, properly. Um, I mean, there's Rick and Garrett in the north, and Will, uh, and Will, but Seth, I don't know. Sylvia, he's like real north, <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> u- ultra north. But I mean, I, he's beyond the wall. But I mean, I yeah. agree. Like, you know, for the, the south, I mean, like David said, we could have the, the north and south. Nights, if you will, yeah, and you you could travel at any point to wherever you so desire. But um, yeah, it's not a bad idea for those of you who are watching. Don't know what the hell we're talking about. Um, we used to play poker. Uh, there was probably back in the early two thousands, back when it was cool to do that. <laughs> well, and then also when none of us had families, and yeah. we could just you know literally every Sunday go to your old house in, in Medford, and yeah. and when I mean every Sunday, it was literally every, every Sunday. Sunday for six years, years yeah. seven years, maybe. I mean, there were only a handful of Sundays that we did not play. And, and I mean, literally, there was only a handful. Yeah. Um, um, and you'd leave on Sunday night between 10 p.m. and uh, 12.30, depending <laughs> on what you Yeah. And Al, yeah. Alan would be out and by the second round, by like the second hand, and then he would buy back in. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, we used to... Stay until the end somehow. So, yeah, we used to... Well, because he, he and I we used to always carpool. So one of us would always be out early, and one of us would always be in late. So it would always be affect us like that, too. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so we used to always play poker. When like I said it was a little bit more of an in thing to do. It was when the World... Not the World Poker Tour. The World um, Series. World Series of Poker really kicked off, and it really exploded. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. And, and then we, we started playing. So MIPA is the Massachusetts Imitational Poker Players Association. Yeah. It so that's where the, that's where the MIPPA comes into, <laughs> and we then carry that into uh, fantasy football and a multitude of other different things that we we take part in. Yeah. As our our, our group. Ponzi schemes. Yes. <laughs> MIPA underscore Ponzi would be another hedge, fu- <laughs> hedge funds. <laughs> um, capital eventualist. Oh yeah. So we should maybe think about that, look into it, and, and go from there. One of our cameras has died, so I'm going to slide this over for both of them now. I think that means it's time for me to mosey on home, John. So, uh, all right. I think that should be a good angle for the le- rest of the show. We'll see what this happens. One's on the this one, yeah, the this one, the one that's bl- has the blinking light is on. So, yeah. So and now we're no. <laughs> I have to censor it. Well, Mike, I appreciate you calling in. Um, Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime, definitely. And I appreciate your uh, your Red Sox insight and most especially your, your MIPA insight. Um, I, I would like to have some sort of regular MIPA update on this show, and it might only entertain seven people, but so be it. Um, Maybe we should just form a political party. <laughs> MIPA? Yeah, I would leave the pizza party. For, <laughs> for the said, MIPA party? For said MIPA, yeah. Michael, would you, would you leave the um, whatever party or your undesignation <laughs> unenrolled for MIPA? <laughs> I'd have to give it serious thought. The people have spoken, you know? What what is the party platform, Damien? Uh, I would probably say wood with a a nice varnish finish. That sounds fair. Okay. You You can't skip on the varnish. That's what, like, gives it that, like, ooh, look at that. Are we going to have lots of balloons? Yeah, and not just, like, everyone everyone does the, the, like, red, white, and blue balloons, but I'm going to mix some metallic red, white, and blue in there. Well, those co- those are more expensive. The Mile level, but that's hey, America is the number one country in the world. Do we still have money left in the, the Mippa pot for our end of the year barbecue that we never had? Uh, no, Rick spent that all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, what happened to that? <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, 
Mike, again, thanks for calling in, and uh, we will talk to you hopefully throughout the season for Red Sox and NIPA updates. Sounds good. Go Sox. All right, thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you later. Bye. He never specified whether that was uh, white or red Sox. Uh, fair enough. We'll have to discuss that another time. All right, well, we are um, running out of time. And we're right. running much out of time. We're basically right at two hour mark, so we need to Bye, get going. everybody. So, <laughs> all right, so for, for Mike Long, we want to thank him for calling in. For Damian Ritchie, my name is Jonathan Caleri. Thanks for watching and listening to Sports Night. Download the podcast, watch us on YouTube, watch us on QA TV Channel 8, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Yeah.